0: Hi, welcome to a special Year's Cup edition of the Horse Racing Happy Hour. I tried to dramatically pause to see if I could get Louie to prematurely to fake, chink. Faked him out. Yeah, lots of premature
1: things in my life, but chinking ain't one of them.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> chinking ain't easy. <laughs> um, so we are uh, we're live at Keelan. We got a little bit of a technical glitch, uh-huh. but you know, it's being live the, radio. But the Boy Scout that I am, Megan. You
2: are. Were you a Boy Scout? No. Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> I was a Cub Scout. Lou, were you a Boy Scout? A Absolutely not. Um, my no, mom
2: wouldn't let me be a Girl Scout because she didn't. But want now you have can be a Boy Scout, cookies, Megan. Because that's entirely what happened.
0: By the way, that's the only reason why my daughter was a Girl Scout.
2: Yeah, but your wife is a saint because she was like, "Yeah, I'll take that on and just sell the cookies." Cause the
0: no, 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 no. No, Nia, young, young. she gets it done. Yes, <laughs> yeah. like uh, I'm t- To the point where, like, this is completely off topic. Welcome to our uh, Welcome to, our show. Welcome to the Keeneland. You should we tell people who we, we are and We're what we are doing, That would be nice. So, so I am, yeah, uh, I am, cool. uh, I'm Mike Indoff. I'm joined by Louis Rabot mm-hmm. and the fabulous Megan Devine. She's very deep in latte That's country. Me. I got a coffee. Yeah. And um, we, go
1: coffee for we are
0: live at Keeneland. So for people who are expecting the Dan Leotard show. Or Dan Leotard. Whatever. What is it? How do you say it? Um we are uh we are the horse racing happy hour and this is a fun horse racing show. It is fun. Where we do some serious handicapping without taking ourselves too seriously.
2: We do. Yeah,
0: so we're gonna have a lot of fun. Also drinking. And uh uh, GD Hieronymus just checked on us. He's the director of communication for uh, for Keelan. There you go. That was very nice of him. So uh he got us all set up here at Keenan and this is great. But back to the Girl Scout Boy Scout, you know, obviously Megan, (laughs) now you can be a Boy Scout if you want to.
1: Tell us your scouting stories. (laughs) UPS jobs text line This eight four five zero two four three seven nine six eight wasn't on the show and
0: uh, also Megan's a bit soft is what I'm getting so I need to turn Megan's mic up I I got to turn your mic up oh okay um anyway you're insulting me there for a second no that's (laughs) no Long on softness going on here um anyway the strong islands strong ons here
2: strong islands
0: uh anyway my daughter was so good at selling those cookies she would just take our (laughs) cell phones. And she would we just snorted. start calling like any name that she recognized, and you were buying cookies. I mean, it was like, <laughs> and if you and once you said like you could say I'm gonna die, she's like, well, let's buy some for the troops. And you could, I mean, you were <laughs> let's bu- buy and, some
1: for the troops. And
0: so I literally was like, I am going to videotape <laughs> oh, this God. and show my agents who are terrible at making phone calls. That's what, what, This is how it's done. So, how old was she at the time? Oh, I mean, like seven or eight. I mean, okay. she was, yeah. just, and she would. Yeah already like basically the whole entire her whole entire troop would be them combined would be less than what she was selling i mean it was mm-hmm. she's you know she's got to do that today actually she's got to <laughs> sell something else tonight but um she'll be on it it'll be okay
2: good. there you go
0: all right so that's off the rails already yeah, uh, we have our first long. text into the show they're asking oh, hey. what, what we're
1: drinking and so to answer people's questions uh megan and i are deep in the buffalo trace today and on my ice, was, soft and my soft i didn't
2: pour it i didn't have any say in this
1: yeah, well, Mike's wow, drinking what? Wow, let me describe the underside of a bust to everyone. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then Michael's uh, deep in the in the Woodford Neat. I, I'll I'll go ahead and say that uh, I did not get anything in Mike's drink for Mike.
0: I want to know though, and I, and so Grossman, who can't, we cannot actually communicate voice to voice. He's texting me, so he, you got to tell me if we can do this, Jack. By the way, Jack is in the studio. Crean's in the studio huge shout out to him he uh, is always just so good to us massive technical issues. he had a lot of fun with us <laughs> yeah. on our derby show yeah
2: participating i'm gonna
0: be missing that we can't actually have him talk i and stuff know like that. um so on the twitter poll like, do we have access to the twitter poll there uh, jack let's see if he says me, tells me yes
1: i don't think jack has access to the station twitter machine actually well
0: i want to know because what i want to know i, I want to know what you have to be 10 other degenerates running around that's what's right the now? what's the morning tailgate drink Right. And I think there's four options yeah. for the morning tailgate drink. Light beer. No. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I feel
2: like I was promised mimosa. Then there's he's
0: got access. There's <laughs> oh, there's, got access. There's, there's five <laughs> a- there's five choices in. Oh. We'll go light beer. It's for Twitter. Mimosa. Yes. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Screwdriver. Screwdriver or bourbon slush? Is bourbon slush a legit morning I would say yes.
1: Bourbon slush. I feel like that's so specialized.
0: I think the other ones you just throw two ingredients you're Done
1: okay that's fair yeah and all right. bourbon slush is like there's there's effort and i'm
0: not really a, you never had to prep it yeah right. no yeah. question yeah. i mean i gotta make it the day before stick it in the freezer right. all that kind of stuff well, you, you gotta buy really cans good. of frozen orange juice and all that kind of but stuff it's really really good yeah the other part of my radio is that sometimes they they test things and that's what it is. They play ads and for then, Longines and, and sometimes thousand watches.
2: Uh, I don't have microphones that are plugged in, so I can't hear the two of you. And <laughs> when that's on,
0: yeah, but you sound good. So
2: okay, that's yeah. great. I just when you guys are talking, I have no idea what you're talking about because we're social distance at the moment. So I'm just going to try to read lips in front of your microphone, and I will just see how that goes.
0: So today, let's break down what today is going to be all about. Um, we have what. Break down. oh i'm sorry i'm not allowed to say uh, that because the worst listen horses don't die like that in kentucky okay okay so i'm going to set the stage of what today's entail we got louie how many how many breeders cup races do we have today five today five breeders cup races and it's all about what megan today
2: it is all about the juveniles the two-year-olds the,
0: the two-year-olds the fu- the future star friday oh. <laughs> did you
1: notice the green jackets here is it just make you feel better about the world i love the green coat in the stonework
0: i mean me? it's just like doesn't it just make you feel better Louie has white privilege guilt in the front <laughs> of the hair, and that's all <laughs> that is 100 i don't know
2: what that has to do with the green coats. But.
0: oh man would
1: well, you want to tell her Lily? like oh i just uh, so i have a real disdain for the masters and For the I, Masters, yeah, the which is next week by the way. No, uh, it's right, yeah, like a trip.
2: completely separate event than what we're. But they give out clothing
1: now. as their trophy. I, I think that's it's probably my hottest sport take ever. But I think the Masters is massively overrated. That's the such jacket a dude thing to do, by the way.
2: I agree, trophy. because like.
1: <laughs> right, they're all right, they're not, not going to like, like
2: have a woman's blazer, right. you know, no, right. and they all fit differently. And like, dude, you're pretty much.
1: Right,
0: I'm a 46. Yeah, make me the jacket. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So. Seems like a guy's thing.
0: Well, Louis is rocking the bow tie today though.
2: He is rocking the bow tie.
1: I love it. For my cousin Christina shout out. The, um, I'm, I, trying gotta,
0: I'm trying to pull the 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 uh the show mean? sheet.
1: I mean we got we gotta vote for Bushlight already, dude. I mean these are these things are happening. I mean the text <laughs> line's
0: doing work. All right, like we said, this is the horse racing happy hour that we're listening live on ESPN. Louisville, Will live from Keeneland for Breeders Cup twenty twenty. Uh super excited about today. So Louie again, we even though there's five Juvenile Breeders' Cup races. The undercard is solid.
1: There are five uh, stakes races leading into that as well. And then what's interesting today, actually, is race five is a non-Breeders' Cup race, but it starts at the pick six here. And so people are playing that late pick six, which is a dollar um, on the card this weekend. Uh, it will actually start at race five, and I think it's a full 14-horse field. So uh, like Derby, you're going to get a ton of full fields, a ton of opportunity. And horses are, uh, at longer odds, and so uh, horses on the undercard the people are going to know their names which is really fun too so a
0: couple derby horses right
1: yeah for sure and so uh it should be fun uh this morning to look at some of those races the first race actually is until 11 30 if you do join us we'll be back on 10, 10 to 12 tomorrow same time same place and uh we will actually have races going on starting at 10 30 tomorrow so we'll be able to walk you through the first couple of races. all
0: right i, I got a major problem here I don't, I don't see a show sheet do you, do you have a show sheet
2: no, I I, no. I never have the show sheet. You know that.
0: I'm, I'm looking for a show sheet right
1: now. <laughs> Interesting. I shared it last night at 1045, and all of your names are on it as editors. I was and not sleeping. So this is um, an embarrassing thing that you don't know how to use the Internet. Or well, it's kind Google. of like a theme,
2: though. Like I feel like we would let our listeners down if Mike and I were following along in the show sheet. Like, there was that one time we were writing on the bottom to each other on the Google Docs. Yeah. But other than that, I feel like... We were good then.
0: I think you should tell them the rules of the show. The, the listeners need to know the rules of the show. The
2: rules of the show. So, th- we have a couple of drinking rules uh, here on the Horse Racing Happy Hour. If you humble brag, you have to drink. We have to drink. You have to drink. When we drink, you drink. That's the thing. Oh, uh, also, anytime certain horse names are mentioned, we drink. Um,
1: we'll let you know on those.
2: Besmirching horses, we drink.
1: Massive drinking. It's pretty
2: much like any any excuse we can find we drink and also we welcome new drinking rules as well oh, so if man. you guys have some that you want to send in to the text line
1: or on twitter do you think there's a guy sitting in his office right now that's like why are they talking about drinking rules it is 10 oh nine yeah it is that's here's the thing Or are on our west coast feet, it's it was 10-09. um
2: it was not negotiable like we're we we can not not oh, drink no, it's yeah. part of the oh, show yeah
1: i opened the bar at keyman today yeah yeah no, 100%. Right for that. congratulations That's right. yeah i was that guy yeah. you're the man. Yeah, man amber downstairs was like oh oh you want to drink now i was like yes i'm drinking now. <laughs> yes no, right now <laughs> right.
0: yes shout uh-huh. out to amber by the way oh, shout out right? new friend of the show <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep friend of the show uh,
0: speaking of friends of the show louie we had a pretty interesting lead into the breeders cup this week yeah. I you did a great job with your interviews with john sherva you and did Tim a great Wilkin. job did you listen no.
1: Yeah. I no. didn't know you did. <laughs> that's the biggest lie in the history of this station and that's a big thing. I a heard big that you did a
2: thing lie. and I commend you on that.
1: Thank you. So
0: <laughs> I had James I'm Well you
2: really call me out like that, Lou.
0: <laughs> I had James listen, no, You are a busy, busy person, so <laughs> Listen, the diva just shows up right for, like, <laughs> literally 45 seconds before we go on air. Well, I'm trying I to,
2: didn't get a parking or a speeding ticket this time, though, so... I'm
0: trying to set everything up. I'm having a technology issue. She's I'm like, trying to get where do coffee. I plug in my headphones? <laughs> Sunglasses under the tip of her nose, looking Not down at us. Right. Where do I, I can't look down headphones? at you.
2: I'm shorter than you guys. <laughs> You're
0: always looking down at us. I know how it is. Oh. So... That is exactly what kind of. That's exactly how it went down, right, Louie? No, no question. So the shows we did this week, in case you're wondering, we are a a Thursday podcast, and
1: essentially what we do is we uh, we drink and then we talk about the races that are happening on Saturdays. And so, if you're interested, uh, you can actually go in and listen to our interviews trying to fill in the horses that are shipping in from around the country and around the world. And so, I spoke with. Uh, with Tim Rokin, who's from the Albany Times Union, he talked to us about the New York horses, about one in eight horses starting the next two days in Breeders' Cup races are uh, out of New York or were training at Belmont before they came here. And then we talked to John Sherver of the LA Times, and he filled us in on the uh, Santa Anita trainees. That's about one in every ten horses that are coming here, and then Mike did a, a fab job with uh, our new uh, friend of the show, James, James Lush, Walsh, who's Glasgow Scott, Glasgow Scott, wow, uh, <laughs> major horse handicapper, and he filled us in. Essentially, fifty horses out of two hundred and one are coming from overseas to run, and so James helped us fill in, especially for turf races. We'll find in the next couple of days those European horses that have uh, that have come in. And frankly, what was interesting to me was James wasn't terribly high in the Euro Invaders.
0: No, they, he, there's a few. Yeah, totally, but I
2: don't feel like they. I feel like there are enough American horses in some of those turf races that stand up.
0: That's
1: essentially which what it is. usually
2: they kind of come over and you, you, I mean, look at the horses we've had in the past couple of years. Enable and, yep. you know, some of the big ones that have come over from, from various places. But this year I feel like we're kind of lacking that international superstar. Well, he was
0: also high on some horses. Yes. Uh, for for example, battleground, Battleground he was really high on. Yep. Uh, so and, regally bred, yeah, and they're like super excited about that horse. I'm really looking forward to that. him to
2: win a race like this so he can be a stallion, right? I mean, that's the thing he needs to have. I mean, I guess he has some form. We'll talk about that horse later when that race comes up, but he's been like a little disappointing in his group races, I think.
0: So then, uh, and then some of the horses that he was talking about for tomorrow were longer odds, and he really, really liked them. And that, that's where we're going to get our best shot of some long shots hitting the board. Louis cracking with a text line. Lou, what's the text line again? It's the UPS jobs text line, four three seven nine six eighty. If you're out of the area, 502-437-9680. So uh,
1: to finish my thought which never happens on the show so i'm yeah, so no. glad we're live because i actually get to finish a thought uh we're all a weekly podcast and so if you want to go and find oh, us yeah, horse racing happy hour wherever you listen to podcasts you can find it uh we've already had uh, north well north of six thousand people listen to those three interviews this week and so if you are interested in checking those out uh you can get caught up with what we uh what we learned from those three different
0: guys it was it was good stuff I, so yeah uh, all right so Uh, What are the races, Megan, that you are the most excited for today? Today. By the way, this is a question that Coach Valvano asked you yesterday, right? And you were prepared for it.
2: (laughs) I was very prepared. Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously, we look forward to the... Juvenile races on the dirt, this kind of w- more classic horses that we're hoping will turn into derby horses for next year, Oaks horses for next year. So I I really like um, Simply Ravishing to try to beat Princess Noor in the juvenile Phillies. So I'm excited I have a about that.
0: That will be a besmirchment horse. Princess Noor could be a besmirchment horse by all three yeah, of us. Yeah, she's going to be
2: besmirched. So get ready to drink. Which you guys should, should start showing now. Lengths, yeah. um, also in the juvenile, I think it's really speedy. So I'm excited about a closer. Which is oh. good at a bit of a price, nice. so we're going to look forward to that. Um, so
0: that's not a Jackie Warrior single, huh? No. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay.
2: Mm-mm. No, I I don't know. I mean, maybe I should save and single there, but uh, I don't know. I think we could get some some decent prices, and then uh, the turf races, like you said, there are some international horses that are going to be really exciting for me. So I'm going to try my hand at a few of those, and I think Brad Cox has a strong contingent. Of horses today, Wesley Ward obviously with uh, one of the favorites, and and yeah, it's going to be a fun day.
1: I agree with you, Megan. That I think the race today, where we're most likely to be able to follow horses from today into the spring, mm-hmm. is that that uh, Juvenile Phillies. Yeah, right. Where we'll see four or five really good horses that'll run in that race. Uh, Princess Nora, coming from California, of course, trained by Bob Baffert, and then simply Ravishing, uh, actually Kenny McPeak trainee, and yeah. Kenny McPeak is the trainer of so Swiss Skydiver, so we already know that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability to turn these uh younger two-year-old horses into great three-year-old fillies and so uh interesting to see i heard, i was walking around earlier her day out of the office being bannered around i'm huge on girl daddy in this race at six to one just because i'm never betting against Dale romans in a two-year-old don't, race again. don't give the show away go we
0: got forward. those things coming on later so, uh, <laughs> we'll
1: talk about it, but no but uh really exciting but i mike and i have talked about on the show for a long time fall in love with the fillies in this sport because they stick around for longer right mm-hmm. and so the disc staff today uh, shows us some of those horses. Last race is for Monomoy Girl and for uh, Serengeti Empress. Single. There
0: you go. So, seriously?
2: Hell yeah.
0: Which bo- both of them are just one of them? Monomoy Girl. Wow, no respect for Swiss Skydiver. So that's tomorrow. We'll have to get to that. Whoa, okay. But hey, All besmirchment
1: right. happening on day one. That's
0: the <laughs> first 15 minutes of the show. Uh, everyone should drink for the
1: besmirchment of Swiss God ever, who won the preakness in, in the second fastest preakness ever. And so, uh, yeah, so that's where we're at.
0: Secretariat. Yeah,
1: kind of heard of him before, but yeah, so. Uh, I, always- I love, by the way, Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, it's okay. Uh, I try to do all of my handicapping for the two days at once. And I try to just sit down, bang it up. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I sit in my basement. That's she said, there you go, baby. And uh, I sit in my basement and I watch Bizarre Foods with Andrew, Andrew Zimmern. And so he's like traveling through the Philippines eating entrails and i'm handicapping last night was a terrific evening of sobriety believe it or not
0: and wow watching is that allowed yeah. no <laughs> well, I, I had to prep my Do liver for to like, tomorrow
2: Avoid louis picks because he did them sober <laughs> so i don't feel like this is right
0: and i just i feel i feel terrific about my multi-race sequences today like, that's okay. fantastic yes, all right so. so we're gonna make some we get some money right megan we get some we money, get some money. That's, that's another drinking hate. thing Okay. Um, so the race I'm most excited for today is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf because I do want to see Battleground, and I do want to see the American Mustapec and I think that showdown today could be phenomenal, and I'm really excited to see those two horses go at it. What's
1: interesting is when we talked to Tim Wilkin from, from the All These Times Union, he said that Todd Pletcher really feels like that's his best shot at a winner this weekend, yep. which is pretty incredible to say about Todd Pletcher that – a five or six to one shot on juvenile. Dance, I like that shot. I, you should. And, yeah. and, and one here, right. So that'll one be here on the turf in his first
0: ever turf race. And he took to the turf in that race. Like I've never seen a horse mm-hmm. take to a horse, maybe take like to the turf, like Tayshawn on Derby day. And we'll get to see yeah. again. Today, well, so.
2: I think that's something we have to mention too, because if we have new listeners on the show that don't follow the breeders cup very often, the breeders cup world championships travels around. So it's, you know, it, it was in California last year. It'll be California um, next year. It's here in Kentucky. And that could really change some things up because it's a very different surface. The grass you have here in Kentucky is much different than the harder, you know, drier grass that you would have in California. So some of the California horses may struggle with that over. It. I'm not saying they will, but that's a concern that a lot of people have. Uh, and then the Europeans might do better here than they might have in California. So it just, it mixes things up a little bit. And it's really interesting when we, we get to know the trip. But it's going to be perfect weather all weekend long, which is the biggest joke in the world. World. just like it was great weather for derby for yeah. the first time since 2015 so sorry that you guys can't be here but yeah. it's lovely it is Couple gorgeous brag.
1: <laughs> we'll sit in your backyard and enjoy it yeah no, all right, Louie. take us a break here all right we are the horse racing happy hour mike and off omega divine louis Rabot at horse happy hour on twitter please do text in ups jobs text line 502-437-9680 And uh, we look forward to your text. We're getting a bunch of them in, which I really uh, appreciate. Uh, 8449, we appreciate your kind words. And uh, we'll be right back after this one, Mike.
0: Yeah, we'll be right back. And we're going to talk about the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint and the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. So we'll be right back. Ten seconds. Okay, we're back. Okay. So we're (laughs) back. This is not the Dan Levitard Show on ESPN Radio. This is uh, the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Uh, no No clink? No clink. All right. Um, also not premature <laughs> So yeah we're... Socially
2: distanced And my cup is all the way over here yeah,
0: that's, <laughs> that, that's true That Wait, is very true clink, clink.
2: Wait Delayed clink Delayed
0: clink I don't there know if I heard yeah, okay. I don't think I've ever right. heard that okay. So this is the Horse Racing Happy Hour We are live at Keeneland For Breeders' Cup 2020 And uh, Louie we're expecting A much bigger crowd Here than was at Churchill Downs Derby
1: that's true and in a, a significantly smaller space they actually have set up um, Every no one's going to be up here in the grandstand where we are where the, you've been before, where the where the green seats are just in rows next to one another the normal sections up here in the reserve section they've actually built um, a section of boxes down close to the track in the area where people would usually just be standing mm-hmm. if you've been here uh, in the spring meet that's where the UK girls stand in um, the sundresses <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff don't yeah, be yeah. creepy I disagree that that's creepy. College is not creepy, and so um, and then uh, built those. Why Megan, you have to mention the sundress? So, Megan, you because that's what Keeneland's about. It's okay. stonework and sundresses and green jackets, okay. and so the. Uh, uh, but Megan, you mentioned these were actually put up during the summer, right? For the yeah, summer meet, so
2: I I believe so. Uh, I feel like I saw these way back when because I mean this is such a huge event and. Keeneland did a great job hosting in 2015, and right. they they built the temporary structures like way in advance. I mean, they were so prepared, yep. and that was the thing because everybody was like, "Well, Keeneland's so small, how are they going to have Breeders' Cup there?" Blah blah blah. I think it was one of the yeah, best ones that That's I did. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, this is they were preparing uh, well in advance for an event like this. So I I don't know for sure, but I am I'm like 80% sure. I, that I screwed again. that one up, by the way. What?
0: That last last time Keeneland hosted? Yeah. We had, you know, I had a media credential. I was all set to come. And I was like, it's going to be a mess. I'm not going to deal with that traffic. They're not going to be able to handle it. It was And I like, literally great. did the shows from the studio and said, not going to Keeneland.
2: And you missed American Pharaoh.
0: And I missed American Pharaoh. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I'm laughing at your pain. That is just... It was uh, a lot of pain, a lot of yeah, pain. That's, what you Megan, about? what was your first Breeders' Cup?
2: Ooh. Uh, so my first Breeders' Cup I ever went to was... Um, <clears throat> when Zenyatta lost the classic oh, I was at Churchill there. Downs, oh, yeah, which still is like the worst sound i've probably ever heard in racing uh was the whole crowd just going
0: she was she was, <laughs> she was coming. So close. she was so close and, and the
2: announcer was like Zenyatta, Zenyatta, like pulling for and, her and just gray. yeah exactly so um that was the first one and that, that was when i was just kind of really getting into racing
0: was uh, that the most electric you've ever felt Churchill Downs
2: churchill downs uh yeah i think I it guess was so and, yeah. and again
0: you know we have derbies and it's always a electric before the derby but you don't have the anticipation yeah of seeing a horse like even in pharaoh's case well because
2: it's not the the derby horses are not yet champions right they're right. The three-year-olds and looking it, to be champions Was
0: zenyatta like you knew that this was her last race yeah she had already won beat the boys in the classic yeah it was like there was like I have goosebumps right now.
2: Just talking that's right. about it. Yeah. It gave,
0: they gave us all Zenyatta posters. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, I just remember like that was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. It Louis, was fabulous. Your first one last year. No, 2010. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's the Zenyatta one, yep. right? Yeah. I you were there. Yep. There. I actually went that.
1: both days. Yeah. I won tickets through somewhere and went for free and sat in crappy seats. And I I, I fell in love with the Breeders' Cup that weekend because The guys in front of us were from Chicago, the guy next to me was from England, and the guy on the other side was in from, like, Arizona or something, and it was just people legitimately just in there for horse racing, not you know the derby's great but people are there to party right, right. Yeah. These, these guys were there for horse racing and i knew very little about horse
0: racing in 2010 so it was nice yeah and, and still do no i'm just joking <laughs> we'll
2: first it was we throw the end of the bus
1: now it's you <laughs>
0: My first, i was under the bus first today thank you very much yeah I, so this is the most uh to that answer though that the most white privileged thing you're gonna hear me say because I honestly second, not... Apparently
1: that's a drinker and though because you are obsessed with white privilege.
0: I'm not really sure what my first Breeders' Cup was. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm pretty confident it was the 98 one at Churchill Downs. Okay. I definitely was at 99 in Gulfstream. Okay. Uh, because that was the first one I ever traveled for. Mm-hmm. And um, that was just awesome. Just... You know that was another time where they didn't know if that track was going to be able, be able to Bragg. handle everyone drank the Gulfstream. Uh, uh, at
1: 99, I had to go to Gulfstream to watch the Breeders' Cup in Miami, just in November. What brag
0: that I started going to Breeders' Cup twelve years before you all did. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even out of high school. I was very Humble young. Band. Yeah, I was in college. I
2: was less than ten. Uh,
0: <laughs> Jack was yet to go. Oh, I'm old man. <laughs> Jack was a glimmer in his dad's eye. There it is. Um, so, let's get right to the races. Shall we? Shall we? Race six.
2: Is that time? <laughs>
0: it is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint.
2: Okay. I, ironically,
0: this is a grade two, which yeah. is kind of interesting, right? It's a grade two, $1 million purse. Uh, every race at the Breeders' Cup, oh, every Breeders' Cup race is at least a million dollars. So, uh, But most of them are grade one, so I'm a little surprised it's a grade two. But guess what? It does kind of feel like a grade two, at least in my impersonation. Um, and my boy James in Scotland thinks that this is going to be a USA win. Do you all agree? Yes. Okay, Megan, you, would you like to expand on that answer?
2: No, just kidding.
0: <laughs> what if I just Nux. ended there? Uh,
2: no, I mean, it's It's all about Golden Pal in here for Wesley Ward, who this horse has uh, international experience. So Golden Pal is a two-year-old son of Uncle Mo trained by Wesley Ward. We see Wesley Ward is an excellent trainer all across the board, but he is so good with two-year-old horses, yep. and that's both on the, the dirt surface and also on the turf course, and he brings a contingent to ask it Pretty much every year And uh, he comes to win And he does win Oftentimes So this is a horse That started off At Goldstream Park In April Which I personally think Some of the races In mid-April At Goldstream Are not very competitive So that race to me Did not impress me at all Uh, But was very heavily favored Finished a good second that day Then they brought this horse To Royal Ascot In June finished second by a neck that was in the grade two norfolk stakes against learjet who we'll see later on uh and then this horse won five and a half furlongs at saratoga in a stakes race that was pretty competitive as well so golden pal on numbers is well, is well above the rest of the field in here so this is also we should mention uh, the start of the pick five as well. So, so you can you start you're, with a single? When you're, well, when you're looking to structure your ticket, you might have to because there's a lot of really competitive races coming yeah, up later. Level, I mean, yeah. I, I can right. make a case for three or four other horses in here, but I, I think if you're trying to, you know, make a ticket that's on the smaller side, you single Golden Pal.
0: So, Louie, let me ask you a question too. Uh, last year, we saw four-wheel drive win this. Okay. And so we saw American Pharaoh right out of the gate. Yep. Hit a Breeders' Cup winner in his first class and his first opportunity, That's true. and it kind of set the stage of a Pharaoh being um, a really good turf sire. And Uncle Mo sure. obviously is a is um, is, is uh, Pharaoh's father. So, are we looking more at Uncle Mo now oh, as no, a turf whoa, whoa, whoa. Sire? No,
2: no oh, Pioneer. Nile. I'm yeah. thinking Uncle
0: Mo is Nicholas, right? Who am I thinking of? Yes. Yes, and yeah, and I'm and sorry. lots lots of horses. I hit right? that wrong. No, you're okay. Lots of horses, but no, um, Uncle Mo higher than that, I was just correct though. Yes. Yes. So I right.
1: Well forget my point. I'm going to move on
0: the uh, <laughs> the only other horses that I, I, I wrote so down smart. here.
1: Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry. They're, they're
0: running at right. this race, by the way. Is that it? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. This is a this yeah, is yeah. a new race. New. They didn't used to have the the turf credits It came on old. with the,
0: with the future star Friday. I, I agree with
1: Megan that Golden Pals is the best horse here. I don't I don't know that there's much debate about that at all. Mm-hmm. I think if you're trying to play this as an individual race, I think you also have to include the ten Bodenheimer here who has already won at Keeneland um, at this distance on this turf course over another horse in this race in Cowan, who is the five, they were right there within a length. And so if you're interested in two other horses, Bodenheimer, the 10 and Cowan, the five have both run at this course. So if you're looking for a cheaper, smaller Exacta in this race, that might be something you can do. If something very strange in this race happens where the speed falls apart and there's an opportunity for a closer to come up the middle of the track, it's going to be the 13 second of July. And so I think that horse can flash late speed, pick up the pieces eight to one on the morning line. So if you do want to try to beat Golden Pal here, the race just totally falls apart or it's two year olds and mm-hmm. he breaks outside because he's at the fourteen and runs a, a couple more yards than he needs to. I do think that the second of July the fourteen could be the or the thirteen, excuse me, could be the horse that picks it up. Golden pal is the fourteen in this
2: race. I, I kind of like a long shot in here to use underneath uh if you're looking to try to get some more value at the heavy favorite and that is the seven momos Ooh. for Christophe Clement. They're yeah. putting the blinkers on him and I watched quite a few replays for the horses in this race. Race, and I thought last time he over-raced for the majority of that event. He was in there with 2nd of July and also after 5. Uh, he was really keen, which is interesting that they're putting the blinkers on him, yep. because usually or we see that oftentimes uh, add speed into horses, but that's not the case here. So I trust in Christophe Clement, by the way. Um, but this is a horse who I think second start off a little bit of a freshening could be better today. I, I like the blinkers going on. Christophe Clement does pretty well with that. So I think Momos at 15 to one has run some very good numbers in the races that he's been in. He finished third behind Jackie's Warriors. Granted, it was a well-beaten third, uh, but that was also on the on the main track. He's had two races on the turf, or on the dirt rather, and then they switched him over to the turf and his numbers uh, are just as good there so i think you know underneath if you want to play him to, to in that second or third spot you can use him in there for uh, for christoph and if he who, breaks well, the way is like having the best oh, year that he's life. had in a yeah. very long time
1: that's right the uh the thing about Momo's too is that horse is going to be out front if mm-hmm. it breaks well right mm-hmm. so if you just want someone who's going to be out front in the turf race or excuse me in the sprint then the seven Momo's would be a play i said just,
2: you know you have a, a lot of speed in here as well so yes. that's a even another case for after five who comes from off the pace there right
0: I, uh, I said before that my, my man James thought this was a USA win, but he did say that if there was going to be a Euro to hit the board, it would be mighty Gurkha, mighty the one horse. Okay. So that's a longer shot on that one as there well. Go.
2: I just interviewed um, Holly Doyle, humble yep. bag the other day who is uh, just on fire this year as well she uh, broke she, the- her, she broke her own record for number of wins nice. this year and she broke the record last year as well uh, so she is just an unbelievably talented female rider unbelievably talented rider in general in England she actually won at Royal Ascot this year her first winner uh, at 33 to one and she seems very very confident so I mean this is definitely a horse that's a, a bit of a, a longer price but um, she was she she was like calm cool and collected I mean she awesome. was just kind of taking it all in so it's a horse that I didn't include, um, but certainly is is one I think you, if you like the Europeans in here, you want to take a shot.
0: None of these Europeans, Go by ahead. the way, are doing first-time Lasix, which is generally something you want to watch for with the European horses. So
2: Well, they can't, or the two-year-olds. The two-year-olds know. can't. Not, okay. no, the no two-year-olds can't. Year olds in here are racing on Lasix. That, that's true. That's yeah. true.
0: Okay. Um, this is why I'm the MC of the show and Megan and Louie <laughs> are the brains. High five. So I'm trying to contribute and I'm just striking out. So you're up. doing a great job. Thank you. All right. So let's. Uh, so again, we are the Horse Racing Happy <laughs> Hour. If, Lou, if you want to join in on the text line. Yeah, 437
1: 9680 ups jobs text line 502 437
0: And then also if you want to send us something via Twitter, at Horse yeah, Happy Twitter? Hour. <laughs> at Horse Happy Hour. And new episodes drop every Thursday. Yep. New episodes of the Horse Racing Happy Hour drop every Thursday. There we go. And you can find us on anywhere where your podcast is available i'm mike indolfo joined by megan devine and louis rebeau yep all right so race seven is the breeders Cup breeders cup breeders breeders cup juvenile turf it is a grade one a million dollars presented by coolmore of america louis had a legit question about coolmore today on the ride up but i don't know okay. if he wants to share it on the air all right do you want to share it on the air no. Well, you just
1: put him on the spot. Oh. I'll, I'll ask Megan off air, and if she thinks that's a disgustingly awesome thing to talk about on air, then I'll ask. Oh, oh now, now I'm really
2: interested. <laughs> you can't leave our viewers hanging. Okay, like that. Like, how, we have no
1: viewers. All how right, am I, which, doing? I mean,
2: how, you know what I mean. I'm five. used to doing TV. Whatever.
0: Uh, uh, brag. Oh, I'm a brag. <laughs> I'm,
1: she's dressed like radio today, though, folks. Don't worry about it. That's, that's
0: not true. <laughs> she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. I'm dressed for TV. All look. right. So, so, do you want to ask the question or not? No. Okay, you want me to ask the question? No.
2: <laughs> he wants nobody. <laughs> so nobody wants to know what the question
0: is. Text us at. Uh, yeah,
2: uh, maybe if we get enough texts.
0: Pre, peer <laughs> pressure, Ruby. We'll, uh, yeah, 100%. Peer pressure. All right, so the
1: Juvenile Turf. All right, I love this race. I do too, by the way. I am fascinated by a bunch of horses here. I actually think the Euro to watch here is the one seal away. Um, Ooh, the horse has, yep. a, has a running style unlike the usual Euro, so we're not trying to save, save ground here with this horse. This horse likes to stalk. And so this horse has already won at the grade one level at Longchamp in Paris and uh, has four wins and hit the board in every race. The last six out to me, this is an absolute must include in this race. Eight to one on the morning line, the one seal away. A lot of talk today about Mutasavak, who is uh, the uh, pletcher trainee, the number six in this race. Five to one on the morning line. Uh, Tim Wilkin did tell us that he thinks this is Bob Efforts, or excuse me, good lord. <laughs> Todd Fletcher,
2: who, That's What happens when you have alcohol no. that early in the morning? No.
1: No. <laughs> Apologies. I do need to go get another one. The, um, but uh <laughs> Best Chance here. The thing I don't like about Mutasabek, I can he win? Sure. I hate that he went last to first in that field. This is a way better field.
0: Yeah. This and is so that, all cool.
1: that that yeah. style I think he would lose to like a seal away, for example. Mm. Um so I worry about the style there, but um look, this it, it's Luis Sayas. I mean, he's not gonna let him drift 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 like you did last time. Um I think there are a couple of other horses if you want a front runner that's going to stay out front. Uh someone like 7 Fire at Will here is 12 to 1. He topped Public Sector who's actually 8 to 1 here the last time out in the Grade 2 uh Pilgrim at Belmont. And so if there's another horse that's going to fill that kind of void and in that mold, it's going to be the eight out-of-door. And I know I just mentioned the entire field, so stay. <laughs> no, away but that's, that's except, the except thing battle. about of races. But... I don't love the recent works at Keeneland. Seems to not like the the surface here. Actually, did a five for long work at a bucko seven. We'd like to be closer to a minute on those workouts, mm-hmm. maybe a minute, two minute, three, something like that. A minute seven stands out as a really bad workout. But maybe they were just jogging the horse, right? I mean, who knows? The wild card to me in this race is Gretzky the Great. And that horse is shipping down for Woodbine.
2: Wow, we are all over the place Everybody. here. That's I, 11. I mean, like, this I, is a spread race. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I have like single the in first one, And right. I,
1: have, I have no idea how that's going to translate yeah. here. He's another front runner. He has tons of early pace. It makes me think that horses like Sealaway and Metasebe could actually be in a really, really good spot here. Okay. And so I'm really interested in the one and the six here. But if you do want a horse that's out front, four, seven, eight, eleven. 11. So well, you're off battleground. I'm not betting battleground. Whoa! All right. Well, that's
2: the thing. Is first of all, I want to touch on a horse that Louis didn't mention, which is out of door. Uh, I'm not sorry. Not out of door is the go Atletico. What number is he? Yes. Twelve. So I think if you like. Uh, Seal Away. Yeah, sure. you, kind of, you have to give this horse a look because okay. they've been going head-to-head uh, in a couple of races. Go Athletico go two races back beat Sealaway, Away uh, and actually three races back as well. So this is a horse that's finished in front of him. So I think if you like the one, you kind of have to like the 12 as well who... There's a couple of things here. This is a horse that typically has led before. You just have to wonder, is it a galloping type? Is it going to be able to get to the front here? You know, we're not in California, so do we have that as much speed? I don't know. We sure. do certainly have some horses uh, from the West Coast as well. And not to say there's not speed in Kentucky. There certainly is. But the races are run a little bit differently from California well, to Well, how Midwest cautious New are York.
1: jockeys with two-year-olds and all those things, too? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, sure. the
2: thing is, is that this horse is stretching out, so I'm just wondering how he's going to appreciate that. But the one thing about GoAthletico and also Seal Away is their time going seven furlongs because that's all you really have to go off of with these guys right because they haven't gone this actual distance before is significantly better than that that battleground ran and that was actually on better ground correct so they ran over uh heavy ground and uh let's see they ran seven furlongs in where is it 121 and change Yep. battleground ran seven furlongs over better ground in 128 that's seven seconds slower that's and, true. I mean, tracks to tracks vary. It's not, you know, they're, they're different, tighter turns, whatever. You know, your pace is different in the race. Not every race is, is built the same. However, um, this is a horse that's routing for the first time. I, I didn't love the slow times that he gets. I do like that Battleground carries significantly less weight from 127 to 122 here. Right. So I'll probably enjoy that. And that also helps when you have a horse that's stretching out for the first time. Yep. But I don't know. I mean, I love the bloodlines on Battleground too. So his mom is found, who actually retired with $7.6 million in earnings and won the Breeders' Cup Turf on this track in 2015 and also won the group one arc de triumph the the following year also trained by aiden o'brien who's the trainer of this horse and she's sired by warfront who's typically a very very good turf stallion so i mean he's bred up and down <laughs> this is like the mendelssohn of the turf i yep. mean if, if you liked him you liked his breeding you like this horse here
0: and actually james like go atletico as his second favorite turf mm-hmm. uh, european turf he did like battleground a lot i mean i think the Europeans are kind of looking at battlegrounds being like the lebron james of european horses so uh it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens there and of course yeah, but he's
2: not even he's coming well i mean i don't just, i just don't know how competitive like he was in a, a listed stakes race two back well granted it was royal Ascot, right and then he was in a group two event last time and, and he won but i just don't know that it was like the toughest field in the world for him
0: So we right we're gonna actually take uh take a break louis if you want to join us on the text line Join us on the text line, UPS Jobs, text line,
1: 437 9680 502 437 9680 at Horse Happy Hour on Twitter. We are the Horse Racing Happy Hour. I'm Louis Robeau alongside Megan Devine and Mike Gandalfo here at Keeneland Live for Breeders' Cup 2020. Jack, go ahead, take us to break here. We'll be right back on the Happy Hour.
0: Okay, welcome back to the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Mike Andalfo here with Louis Rabeau and Megan Devine. Hi. Hi. Um, and we were sorry for the extra long break. We we're trying to fix our technical technical difficulties, but um, yes, it uh, did not work
2: that's, out. That's live. I'm, I'm 100% fans.
0: sure Andy Sweeney broke this thing. That's what I'm gonna oh, do. Oh, is that 100%. What Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm oh. fully okay. Andy.
2: Like,
0: I'm taking the take. We can go, we can go to battle with the take because uh, he they've besmirched talking horses. Look, like, look, there's look. no question that this is the biggest sporting event in the country. Right now, like this weekend, and Andy this mercy. There's no football between UK and U of L. IU Big you Ten football country, doesn't matter, right? I mean, you Jack the Jack agrees. Big Ten football doesn't matter. I mean, IU doesn't have a real important game tomorrow or anything like that. This is it. Well, I agree with that point. But the, the like Clemson Notre Dame
1: tomorrow. Well, or, that's huge. I don't know any God's team. any yeah Clemson and uh, you know like any. Uh, you know any NFL game on Sunday? I don't know any of that. You know. No, this is bigger. Than, <laughs> this is bigger than any NFL game on Who Sunday. Who are the Jaguars playing?
0: Yes, this is the biggest sporting event in the world, and uh, Andy besmirched it, and that's why the equipment doesn't work. So that's what we're going to go with. I'd go to battle with their the show, smirch, but the right? it's, not,
1: its not actually a show. It's just a,
0: a set of clips of other shows. <laughs> oh, ouch!
1: <wow. laughs> and I mean, he makes—you know—he has—he has Mitchell do all the work. And so Mitch is up there cutting sound like his entire life. And then they wonder why Mitch is, is just
0: miserable. And I, and all like, they s- can't
1: figure it out. And <laughs> it's just because they make Mitch cut sound all day.
0: In all seriousness, we're really grateful that Andy he helped us uh, be here. So we're, he's uh, he's a good dude. So he tried to help us out in the break. Good he's A good dude. dude. <laughs> he's a good dude. <laughs>
2: like all right, the so-
0: highest compliment. <laughs> <laughs> you a, a good dude, man. are a good dude. <laughs> okay so uh, this is the Breer Cup juvenile Philly grade one the on um, a purse of two million dollars oh, let's go so there we go that's a amount the 16th on the dirt and uh, you know we've got Baffert's princess Nor here who of course everybody uh, wants to see uh, but I think we all feel like she's vulnerable
2: I, I think there's a possibility she is I mean she has we, we stay on the show "class on class," and she has that. Right? Class on yeah, class.
1: class. She absolutely does. Yes,
2: she does. I don't. I don't know though. That I mean, we talk also on a weekly basis, and we need to track this. Actually, can we like no. hire a squire no. to track it for us? No.
1: Did you but, say a squire?
2: Yeah, uh, I said what I said. The the, the okay squire maybe whatever scribe, scribe either no. way
1: squire yes all right so, a squire <laughs> like like the can medieval times
2: yeah all of the above
1: are there feathers
0: in the I, like carrier bags what is this
2: also yes I'm just trying to get somebody to do <laughs> By the way, that's I just want very, somebody to do all the work for me that's a
0: very underrated Disney movie The Sword in the Stone from back hmm. in the day you know? I know yeah I'm with you
2: I finally <laughs> that's a back in the day reference usually I don't get to be like yeah I know what you're talking about but that one I got okay. very exciting um, but Princess Nora in my opinion hasn't really been facing uh, you know the best quality of horses I think for grade one and grade two races were more like grade three races I, Louis I think you and I agree on that Um, We talked about on the show, certainly. But, yeah, she stretched out last time. She went a mile to 16, which is her first time going around of ground. And um, she did a very good job. She also sits off the pace, which could help her to be tactical here because you're going to see speed from Simply Ravishing uh, day out of the office as well. I like the fact that Simply Ravishing has won here at Keeneland. And that's something we talk about on the show, too. Local experience is really, really important at some tracks. And I think Keeneland can be one of those. She was very, very impressive. I mean, she was, like, wrapped up when she won and actually her numbers um are better than princess Nor. if you like fire speed figures let's just go with those all of her numbers across the board but the highest fire speed figure that princess nor has is a 79 right last time out simply ravishing got an 89 that is 10 points higher And was 81 the time before that yeah yeah exactly i mean so this is a horse that the just since they've moved it over to the to the dirt right she started off on the turf and she actually moves like a turf horse like she is a little high-headed she's a little high-strided as well um, so it, it makes yeah she's very laggy. so it makes a lot of sense that she started on the grass she won then too didn't seem to matter right. but then they moved her over to the main track and her numbers just skyrocketed by 30 points so now they figured out what she wants to do she's got experience here and at five to two when all the money's i think going to go to, to princess nor i will take that all day long on top
1: right uh okay so a couple of things going on in this race usually when we cap the the horses coming in from California they've run in small fields and we can point to that mm-hmm. that's actually true about Princess Noir her average field size is six
0: mm-hmm.
1: as is the average field size for simply ravishing which is like five and a half or something right okay so all of these horses have actually been running in smaller fields we have a field of seven here that isn't going to be an impediment for Princess Noir her impediment is going to be that there are other horses who can go with her right 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 yeah that's where in obvious. California she was running against horses frankly that are not at her level this is a this is a spring sale of 1.35 million dollars in Princess Nora, but guess what? There's also um, some other major. There's a 950 thousand dollar horse in here, a half million dollar horse in Girl Daddy, quarter million dollar horse in Crazy Beautiful, and so this is a this is a step up to um, a- another level that uh, we, I'm not at all sure that we've seen before for her. And so my sense it, it's interesting though. I think Victor Espinoza flew in for this race. I don't know that he has another mount, and so. Uh- yeah right and so that that that's telling and and baffert and espinoza don't always team up so that's a serious indicator that he really thinks there's a shot here um i, I really am going to watch girl daddy really closely on the line because daughter of uncle mo there you go there you go and uh trained by Del not, not other now <laughs> half million dollar sale here at keeneland owned by the china horse club they kind of know how to pick horses And uh, so I'm watching that horse with Joe Talamo, won the Pocahontas recently at uh, Churchill Downs on Oaks Day Mm -hmm. and uh, beat Crazy Beautiful, who's also in this field um, in that race by two lengths. And so kind of cruised in there. I'm expecting because it's a Dale Romans trainee as a two-year-old that that horse is improving. And so I think that she'll be absolutely a factor here. The only horse we haven't mentioned here that I think we would be remiss not to mention is uh, the the Frazette winner day out of the office, uh, who beat Bequest, who's the second horse in this uh, the number two horse in this race, excuse me? Three for three lifetime on day out of the office, the number three horse, uh, trained by Timothy Ham and uh, ridden by Junior Alvarado. I am interested to see if she can keep that form going because if she can, and if speed is a thing, then your winner will be day out of the office. But I agree with Megan that I think that Simply Ravishing is the class of this field. I'm interested to see what happens to Princess Noel when she actually has other horses around her on the lead.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting point, too. I- you know, Megan, your point about the times and, you know, uh, and simply your ravishing, actually going this distance on this track, ran it at 143 and, um, and 0.58 or 58 and 100s. Princess Nor, same distance at Santa Anita. And again, because of the class, we don't think the pace was as solid, but almost a full two seconds slower. Right. Actually was a full two seconds slower uh well, in time and
2: both horses did that wrapped up pretty much like they weren't being asked to go right. so i uh, they can finish uh in in a slower time finish easily they've finished by like six length they weren't being pushed and asked to go right so i would say if you compared one of those times uh to the other and they were significantly different but one horse was wrapped up and the other one was being pushed and, and had competition then that would be you know something else you should talk about but the fact that both horses were wrapped up and just kind of galloping and Simply Ravishing was that much faster than Princess Noor. You know, she wasn't being pushed and, and, and asked to go and, and give her all. Uh, I, I just think she's
0: the better horse in here. So how are we structuring this ticket? Uh, Simply Ravishing for Megan, Louis on Girl Daddy. Is that true? Uh, Yeah, I am. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And if we're putting in a pick six sequence or pick five sequence, are we, are, I mean, we're going to let Princess Nora off?
1: So here's the weird part about these races, right? If you leave Princess Nora off your ticket, that's your problem. I mean that's your mistake, I think. I played all the odd horses in this horse. One, three, five, and seven.
0: Okay, there you go. One, three, five, and seven. I mean, I'm kind of interested though that you don't give any love to the two horse at all, considering that that horse looks like it's got a lot of speed as well, but I don't know if it's gonna wanna go two turns.
2: Well, and also the the worst well no. I didn't mind. I was gonna say the worst result of yeah, actually. It depends on which numbers you use. But I don't know that this horse had the best performance. Yes, it was a, a grade one event last time out of Belmont going the one-turn mile. But um, the speed figure is higher. Some of the other numbers are lower. Sure. Than that, really, okay. at, at, at a round ground. So I also don't know. And I'm, I just don't know what we're seeing. You know, the hard thing about some of these horses, too, is that you have some unknowns, right? Like, thoughtfully sired by Tappet. When you bring in the breeding part of it, which I think you have to talk about with the 2 year olds You got Tappet. You got Intimistic. You got Uncle Mo in here. You know, Liam's map, Okay you know that these horses are going to produce good route horses, right? The thing with Not This Time and Nyquist, who are both newer stallions, in fact, uh, Princess Nora was the first progeny that Not This Time had that won going around around So, you know, you don't know what you're going to see from here. And, and that's not to say that just because they're sired by a certain horse, they can't get the distance, but we do see those kind of trends. And with Nyquist and, and, uh, and Not This Time being new stallions, you don't have that breeding to really back yourself up.
0: Right. So uh, when we we're we're gonna take another break. We're gonna end the the hour here. We're gonna be back on the other side. We got two more Breeders Cup races to talk about, Louis. We also are about just over thirty minutes from the first race of the day. We'll definitely talk about that. So there. we'll yep. be talking that as well. Race number one. Uh, we'll be able to give you a handicap in race one and race two before we go out the air. Race two starts just afternoon, so uh, we won't have that race on uh, running out uh, while we're the show's going on. But we are the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Louie, the uh the text line if people want to get on.
1: 502-4379680 UPS jobs text line 4379680 and hit us up on Twitter at Horse Happy Hour.
0: Say hi. All right, we'll be right back. This is the Horse Racing Happy Hour. All right, we are back here on the Horse Racing Happy Hour live Ooh. from Keeneland. Breeders Cup is getting ready to begin. We are 29 minutes to race number one. We are. And uh so it's it's uh, it's it's getting real and the weather is beautiful. <laughs> <Real>. <laughs> My co-host is beautiful. Oh,
2: I know you're talking and about. And Megan me. looks
0: good too. Yeah. What's <laughs> going on, y'all? Uh, so God. we are. Uh, yeah, this is this is good stuff, man. I'm I'm getting really excited. We we got a couple more races to talk about as far as the Breeders Cup goes. By the way, we do talk a lot. You know, we just f- finished talking about the Juvenile Philly, and we talk about how the Phillies are the horses that you can kind of get to know. Two of those horses that have won that race last year uh, in the Breeders Cup Juvenile Philly, Beholder, Songbird superstars of the sport that we got to really kind of see just unbelievable careers and hopefully we'll get another this seems like a really good crop of Mm phillies by the way so i'm excited for what that could happen for the the Oaks. Oaks. you're you're much more likely to see
1: one of those juvenile phillies runners in the oaks and you are even a derby runner out
0: of the out of the juvenile later
2: yeah historically historically that's that's
0: true mm -hmm. Okay, so let's move on to the ninth race. This is uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. It is grade one. It is a mile on the turf for a million dollars. My buddy James also thought that this would be a USA win, but he did say that the best hero, in his opinion, is the two-horse, Miss Angulette. So I will let you guys tell me which American horse you think is going to win this.
1: I'm terrified that I don't agree with James at all. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, again, he put a lot of stock into the uh, – how soft the turf was over there yeah. and he and he kind of adjusted i think because of that and he knows that well, the conditions here today should be perfect
2: well it is yeah i mean it's good today so there's some giving it
0: yeah which is uh which is interesting to me because we really haven't had any rain
2: yeah we so, had rain last week
0: right i mean canland is really uh
2: it, it definitely got water yeah well okay. and the other thing is too uh is that it's going to be pretty warm today Yep. and and I will say this: the the track superintendent here at Keeneland does such a good job. I think this is one of the best surfaces in the country, and yep. this turf course is just impeccably cared for as well. So, I mean, there's a the chance that that dries out a little bit as we have that warmer weather and a little bit of a breeze here today. Right. Um. You know. So watch the races and the bias um, and the conditions as the day goes on, and, and adjust accordingly if there's any change.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think they probably watered it a little heavily considering that we were going to have unconditionally high temperatures I and mean, we're going to be hitting 70 both days. Yeah. And, uh, we'll see how that affects the turf going forward I mean, and European runners, right. You
1: don't want it to be so firm that, you know, they're just so uncomfortable. <laughs> they just You know, they don't need to compete. So
0: even firm
2: here though, like the firm.
1: Yeah. The firm, from, good Kentucky. here is firm. Yeah. Like UK. if, if yeah,
2: we right. walk out, you know, barefoot in our backyard right okay. now and it hasn't been any rain, there's still gonna be more give in the ground than there would be, you know, in California. Sure. if You walked out there. Sure.
0: Okay, well then let's hear what we got, Louis.
1: So Nine, My Euro ship that interests me was actually the Ten Campanelle? or um, if it is Italian, which I don't know, Campanelli. It's not really um, a Euro ship. So um, last award. I hear you. Um, he has all three lifetime starts in uh, uh or oh, no, last lifetime starts are, are in uh, in Europe, and so I'm interested because uh, in Campanel, most recently from France, where she won the Grade One pre Morny for a quarter million bucks. She went on firm going, good and soft going. And so she's stretching out here um, to a mile from six furlongs. But I trust Wesley Gore, the 2 year olds here, of course, to have her ready. Frankie Dettori is a big-time race rider, and i as big as there is in the world. So I look for him to give her another good trip. I had the most likely winner is the balanced runner, Plum Ali, the four. Um, I think it's going to be in a good stocking position for this one, have plenty of leg to finish the mile. She's won at Belmont, Kentucky Downs, and Saratoga, which tells me she can run anywhere. We watched a bunch of horses recently translate very well from Kentucky Downs to other turf horses. And so i uh, looking for Plum Ali, the four to do that four to one in the morning line. And then the last horse I had here, Megan was aunt Pearl, the five who is actually the morning line favorite, not without her merits. She won at Keeland already going to turns. And so, um, beat another contender Spanish love affair soundly by two and a half lengths. And so she's a pure front runner though. So I think Plum Ali is a little better situated here to come off the pace and beat her. But, um, If you uh, are looking for a front runner who's going to stay up front, that'll be Aunt Pearl, who is the five. I'm a bit chalky here, actually. The four, five. I I went four, ten, five. I
2: I differ in the way that it doesn't concern me as much that Aunt Pearl, who's my top selection, is a has that early speed. Because who else in here is going to go? I mean, you have Union Gables, who is the 13 for Todd Fletcher. You don't get the best draw. Being forced more towards the outside, um, the fact that this horse is stretching out for the first time though, you probably will definitely well, you definitely will see that speed early on. But again, not drawn to have the best uh, the best go at it early. So I think Aunt Pearl is drawn very well in the five hole. And there's nobody else. I mean, yes, the, the two Miss Amulet has led early before, but that's been overseas. That's been, they, they don't break as quickly out of the gate. The lead doesn't forward. mean as much. No, that's exactly. Mean, yeah, you When I see a horse like that, not all the time. Some of them are very fast, but typically the gate speed comes from our horses here and and the Euros save ground. So yep. when I see a Euro that it says led to front early, whatever it is, I actually put them down as probably a stalker most of the time. And but, if they surprise me and they're very quick out of the gate or I've, worked, uh, I've watched them, you know, school at the gate or break out of the gate in the morning, fine. But other than that, I usually kind of downgrade it when I'm doing my pace projection and say, okay, this horse will probably save a little bit of ground. So I have the five on top. I just think she's faster than the rest. Sure. And then I have the 10 Campanelle for Wesley Ward. And Wesley has no concern of shipping his horses overseas. He does a very good job. He, he travels there very, very often. Um, So he shipped this horse out to Royal Alaska in June, kept it there in the summer, and then she raced over at Joville in france then came back and you can see on her workouts i mean she's recorded workouts here at keeneland from as early on as, as late september and before that yep. so she is a u.s horse but she's just had that experience which even gives her more credibility in my opinion she also though is very fast so the one thing about picking the five and the ten is that they both seem to be speed horses oh, so those two i think might kind of run each other down but again, obviously, the five drawn a little bit better. So those are my topics. I thought about the three Alda program mm. motion at mm-hmm. 12 to 1 for a little bit more value. I just don't know that the races at Woodbine are going to hold up to this. But I do like the fact that she's gone around a ground. And that's the same thing with uh, with Paul Molly. But obviously, Aunt Pearl, as she's uh, just had all that success, has got to be one you include.
0: So what about the nine horse who's undefeated, 3-0? I, probably not the best of fields, I'm guessing. Uh, is that another one where Flavion's on board, maybe to get a little bit of a price? Well, I'll tell you what you do
1: is if you like that horse, you bet to Dragonol, who's the seven, because okay. they ran the same race last night. Out. And so if you really want to, you know, if you really want to sit there, take the Richard Baltus trainee, the seven uh, to Dragonol, who does get a jockey change here. But frankly, if you like the form of that horse, that's the horse that's going to be right there. But Madonna, yeah, I, I I don't see a reason that you didn't like that horse. I,
2: I just think Madonna's beat Dragonol to Dragonol twice, so i mean i think you go sure. with, with madone or madonna whatever we're saying but both horses you, uh, do save ground which is you know both of those horses are coming from california so again just because they're coming from the west coast doesn't mean they're going to be speed horses but it is interesting when you're looking at the makeup of the race
0: okay so we're we're gonna hopefully the, everybody so gonna... megan and i
1: both agree on the four and the, or the five and the ten excuse me mm-hmm. and the four or five and then the four for me was a was sure. horse that could pick it up at the ten and the five just go shoot out there for some reason and then uh, Mike
0: was on the nine. We don't. I'm not on the nine. I just thought there were some values. Mike was <laughs> interested in the nine. I'm actually on four. I kind of like Plum Ali in that race okay. too. Not that my opinion matters whatsoever. It always so, matters. Whatever. So uh, the one horse. Oh no, I'm sorry. Not the one horse, but the first race. Hey, of the day, we are 21 minutes away. There you go. Uh, I don't know if we want to tackle this now, or I mean, it's, it's so much fun to watch Megan talk about the horses as they come on the track. We have time. So we're not going on the track for another ten minutes. That's what I'm saying. But I was gonna go ahead and talk about the first race right now because I don't want to talk about the juvenile the the I don't want to talk about the Grand Finale just yet either. So
2: uh but can't we talk about the juvenile and then maybe preview some stuff for tomorrow?
0: We can do that. I don't know, I didn't read the show sheets. So. We also have I've only got, I've got, got about eight minutes to talk about sheet. the juvenile. So oh, okay. uh, and that's probably maybe not enough time. So why don't we just start talking about the field of the first race coming up? And then as horses come on, so the coolest thing ever, like this is us doing this at Derby, coolest like, thing ever. Is it true? Which, which was
2: that was the oh, first yeah. time we all okay. We were so,
0: ever at the track Yeah, together. yeah, yeah. yeah. And Megan's sitting oh, here and, like, man. watching these horses come on the track, and it's just... It's not uncool, but, like, I've watched my children be born. Like, that's cooler. Like,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> it's just not the coolest thing okay. right, Yeah, yeah. I, mean, like, I don't know. I actually, i mean, for Megan, it's the same thing at this point, I'm right? Like, like, you know, like, hey, I watched I, the horse. Megan was like Dr. Doolittle talking to these horses. It was, it was embarrassing. <laughs> and she was, like, she was like, oh, that horse is going to hit the board. She's, like, watching how these... <laughs> horses are coming on the track and she was nailing it. So I'm very excited well, to do that again. I mean,
2: I guess I should, should explain that a little bit. So that's a, yeah. a major part of my handicapping. I um, have ridden horses for over 20 years and, uh, and that's both the, the jumpers and also the uh, I galloped from racehorses for a while too. Right, Actually at Blackwood Stables where Country House hailed from who was your uh, last year's Official Kentucky Derby winner, but um, so I, I've done that before. I've, I've been around them, and I feel like I—it's it, kind of like a personal trainer going to the gym and looking at athletes and being able to be like, okay, that guy's really in shape, or he needs to like do me. this or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or like a or like a coach or a scout or whatever for whatever sport you're into—baseball, football, whatever. Uh, it's kind of the same thing for me. So I look at physicals of the horses and how much weight they're carrying, how their attitude is, their mental um, maturity, and obviously the conditioning that they have too, and, and see if that either differs from what I have on the form in my opinion that I've already created just reading through the past performances or if it is in line with it so there's a lot that goes into it it takes a while to develop that eye but it's also something if anybody has any questions about I'm happy to answer too on on the text line or on Twitter so be sure to reach out through there but uh, yeah paddock picks and post parade picks are something that I place a a lot of importance on through my handicapping
1: and I actually think this first race is one of those races because we're looking at a two-year-old six and a half furlong race right and so this is where megan will her her eye will help more than maybe just the paper will
0: it is a list of stakes it is called the nyquist uh so what i you know let's give our first impressions let's go and we'll go to a little bit of an earlier break and then we'll come back and megan will be able to kind of let us know what she saw as the horses come on uh on the dirt for the first time so this is a six and a half furlong sprint on the dirt the nyquist list of stakes one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for two-year-olds and um any kind of initial thoughts on this race, Louie? My initial thought is that you're probably going to see a derby
1: starter in this kind of field. Okay. Because these are the horses that are still developing right now. They, they, they haven't won the big-time stakes yet, and so they're in this level of race rather than a Breeders' Cup race. And so as two-year-olds, that means that they're coming up right now. So there's a horse that uh, we watched very recently here at Kuma named Roderick, for example, the two horse in this race, lost to Bodenheimer. Guess what Bodenheiner and Cowan are doing? They're running at the Breeders' Cup today. (laughs) They've been in classy company before. They just weren't physically ready or whatever it might have been that day. And so that's what we're getting in this race. So these are the kinds of races on the undercard that you can start to get to know. Horses that all of a sudden you'll have to know, say, in Louisiana in February or in Arkansas in March.
0: And, And you got a couple. And I said Roderick and probably Upstriker probably took their shot to see if they were Breeders' Cup ready and probably found out that they needed to go into a race like this and get a little more development. Um, and I think we're going to see that a lot because, you know, when we talk about the juvenile, Jackie's Warrior looks like a very well-developed horse already. Right. And we talk about these two-year-olds are like the middle schoolers, and there's some of them that look like they're 16, and there's some of them that look like they're 7. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to always watch how these other horses catch up to the ones that look like they're 16. So, uh, and that's exactly what you're trying to say here. Is that right, Lily? That's correct. Yeah. Um, and along, sure, John L.A., Megan, any kind of first impression? Oh, what did you say? I don't know. What I
2: what did you... Did you another part here? of
0: this kind of race, actually, because it's two year olds,
1: is a lot of these horses recently broke their maiden. And so, if you have a way that you like Which them...
2: means they, they won their first start in a, in a maiden race. Thank you,
1: man. That's yeah. actually a, a very good point to make. Yeah. 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 so, uh, a horse like the Nine Sapphire's Day, for example, at Aspy Santa Cruz, he's this well
0: with a uh, two year old, right?
1: Broke his maiden here, actually, right? Yeah. And so, at this distance. And so, that's the kind of horse on the outside that might actually have another good run on him uh today that kind of fun. So uh you know it, or does a Roderick at a much better price, have a ground against class, your company come back and run much better. Megan?
2: I mean I if Roderick runs to the numbers that he did on debut right. at Belmont and at maybe special weight, then yes he is your winner here. And actually he goes from ten to one to what is he at eight to one right now? Um so he is a horse that I think you certainly have to respect. But the interesting thing is is that they Shipped him out to California, which most of the world does. to run him in the best pal the grade two event. And he um, had the blinkers on just like he did on his debut. He ran absolutely nowhere. So I don't know if that was just the the ship. I mean, he was 50 cents on the dollar. This horse was favored to mm-hmm. win. Um, put up
0: a 6 figure. <laughs> <beat a year. laughs>
2: yeah. And he was beaten by 26 lengths. So they, they then take the blinkers off the horse for the next start in the Indian summer here at Keeneland but they also move him over onto the turf course yep. now we're running the horse without the blinkers and moving back over to the dirt right. so there's just a lot of movement happening yep. however if we again the numbers that he ran on his debut are probably good enough to win here Quinton was also going five for instead of the six and a half so right. I feel like Roderick is still kind of figuring out what he wants to do he's very well bred for you know he he should be able to get a little bit more distance he's hired by into mischief, so he should be able to you know get up to a mile and to be really race. clear i
1: don't think he wins here but it's a two-year-old race and these guys are you know not yeah. in the in the Breeders' cup races for a reason
2: yeah um i i went with Safa's day on top on the outside for steve Asmussen, okay. who like you said has a local experience here yep. at keeneland just the way that this horse won i mean he was, he, he was so confident in his movement for he sure. just kind of like ricardo flicked the reins at him, the horse was like, okay. And he just rocketed past the rest of the field. And I actually thought there were some decent horses in there. So, um Safis Day, I, I think, is your winner in, in this spot. But then the one highly motivated for Chad Brown, who's had two starts already, um, he ran an off-track on debut. He finished a good second by a neck. And then at Belmont, last time over a, fir- a fast course, pardon me, he finished first and was able to to sit off the pace. So, I think you're going to see some speed, like we saw from um, Upstriker for Ron Moquette, who typically likes to go to the front quick tempo. Will be out there early as well, and maybe even soft as day. So, if that's the case, a horse like the one highly motiva- motivated with a good break can just kind of sit there and and sit a trip.
0: All right, so we're going to take a break right now. This is the Horse Racing Happy Hour. I'm Mike Condolfo, Louis Rabelle, and Megan Devine joining me. You can uh, find us on Twitter at Horse Happy Hour. Uh, we release podcasts every Thursday if you like what you're hearing. Louis, the UPS uh, job text line, 437 Hop into the front. But we'll be right back and we'll get Megan's take as the horses will be on the track for this first race. All right. Welcome back to the horse racing happy hour. The horses are in the paddock. They're walking down the chute right now. Uh, We are live at Keeneland for Breeders' Cup 2020. I'm Mike Andalfo. I'm joined by Louis Ribot and the fabulous Megan Devine. Hi. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to get first take here. There's the bugle. Uh, The horses for race number one of the day are coming on the track. And we're going to get Megan's initial impressions as they come out to our left.
2: Dance monkey dance.
0: Dance monkey dance. The horses, Show us what how- you got. <laughs> I see four legs. <laughs> the four, the there's no horse faces. on the track yet.
1: No, they're they're he trying came. to get here. Eyes. Oh, wait. That horse has oh, a oh. nose.
2: That there's no. That's a pony that, uh, horse. Oh,
0: uh, well. Not they're, a, they're coming though. I
2: see them. Yeah.
0: There they come. <laughs> See so so again, to kind of recap where we are in this first race, uh Megan is high again without seeing her on the track, uh or high seeing him on the track is Sopas Day of the Nine Horse. Uh Louie is going with I mentioned Safa's Day first. You did, but is that yeah. your I is also that your I pick? also really oh.
2: like Highly Motivated.
0: And highly motivated. The one, nine and one. And the one is on the track right now, Highly Motivated's out there as well, and they're they're coming on slowly but surely. Slowly
2: <laughs> totally but surely.
0: Uh, Lily, who was your pick? Pick. Oh, the nine. The I'll show you the nine. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so everyone's on the nine here. The softest day. Uh, Steve Ashmuson again, who is incredible with his uh, getting his two-year-olds prepared for these kind of spots. Uh, and Megan as well does like highly motivated.
2: It, you know, and it's interesting because the money just a moment ago was on the four horse at like five to two. I think it was when I looked up. And Upstriker was six to one in the morning line. So, and today is one of those days you're absolutely going to watch the board see who the early money goes to uh, if you're watching along and uh and see how that moves if there's any market movers you know late towards the race or if as there's 30 minutes 25 minutes post rather if the horses just take a dive or something you want to see where that money is going i think that's a really important part
0: you know louie and i were kind of talking about that in the car ride up because with no fans in attendance uh you have a situation where the the money's actually coming from people who vet and handicap. Like this is not like your casual person just betting races. And so when you start watching those numbers, they kinda of probably they probably have a little bit more meaning behind them. Is that right, Louie? I agree with that take. Especially race one at eleven twenty three Eastern. Right, right, right.
1: The thing I'm watching right now are the exact appeals, just to see where the money is going. I'm As watching horses just
0: pooping. the uh... lots of horses are pooping right now. All right, go ahead. <laughs> How many money? Well, the one who's paid the picture for us here. This is radio. radio. The four horse poop. The Theater 5 horse is getting his tail up like he's going to think guys about that. All right, oh, go man. ahead. You're watching the what now, Lou? <laughs> I'm
1: watching the exact pools to see what i will pay um, as opposed to just the wind pools. And people do like uh, the one, four, and nine here in the exact pools. But even just a, a $1 exact box with the one and nine, if those two horses coming first and second, right. we'll pay about 71%.
0: The eight did not poop, but his pony
1: did. So there you go. All right. So um,
2: I think there's a couple of different things that you can look at um, to just describe. I mean, it's important when the horses walk across uh, in the post but right now they're all kind of quickening things up. They're going to, uh, some of them will break away from the ponies and them will stay with the pony when they're just walking by, take a look at if they're on their toes, if they're walking slowly, calmly, if there's any horses that are shying away from the pony. I also look at size and, and how they're built. So we're having, we're talking about a sprint race here. Think about what a sprinter runner would look like right they'd be probably a little shorter compacter, um some big muscling whereas a longer distance runner would be like a tall lanky guy so i look for those things when they're walking as they're warming up you kind of want to see if a horse is staying with the pony if you get an aggressive warm-up which you're having a pretty aggressive warm-up from both the one and the two both those riders that the their horse away from the pony and sometimes that's indicative of a horse that's going to show some early speed they want to get the blood pumping they want that horse to be Ready to go as soon as the gates open. Where some others will say, if they are closers, they might just kind of let the gates break open and then they will get their positioning and they'll they'll do their running later in the race. Now it's not always a guarantee. Sometimes you just want to get that horse going, just like you would if you jog um, before you work out. It's the same kind of thing. But I I think there are some tells sometimes uh, with these horses that you can take a look at. Now that there's so many great trainers in this field, you've got Ch- Chad Brown, you got Wesley Ward, you've got um, Steve Asmussen, and uh, and all of those horses look good. I would say that I thought that the, the cheer Roderick was... He's a little fireball. Um, he's on the the shorter compactor side. I love the way that he looked in the post-grade, and he got a nice aggressive warm-up here for a horse that, you know, it, it does like to show a little bit of speed. So I like Roderick the more that I've seen him on the track, but um, I, I, thought the that, I thought that the nine was also very good. I'm disappointed, though, because, uh, you know, you when you watch races from day after day after day, you have to go back, and I think... The question is, and it's so cliche, but who do they beat, right? And that that exists at the graded at Sakes level, and that exists at the maiden special weight level. And the maiden special weight that Safa's day was in, where uh, all bodes well, is probably a horse for Dale Romans, who will get better as he gets a little bit more experience. And Ricochet came third that day and just has come back and done nothing. So I don't know that it was the toughest field for Safa's day, although I do like the way he ran that race. So um, I don't know. I think this is a really tough one. If you're playing along with the pick five, honestly, this feels like a spread race to me.
0: So who are you spreading with? The 9, the 2, the 1? The
2: 9, the 2, the 1, and I would probably add the 4 as well. You know, a horse that's not getting any respect on the board is uh, Quick Tempo, who is to 5-2 on the morning line for Chris Davis. 5-1
0: to now.
2: Yeah, who's a young trainer. He spent a lot of time as the assistant for Phil D'Amato. He was with, uh, I think, Skidham for a while. Um, And he's a great guy, and, and you get Jose Ortiz to pick up this one. I just don't know that the races that he's coming in from are good enough, right? He was at Arlington Park on the Synthetic. And last time out, he was at Woodbine on the turf, and then he was at Parks in an allowance race. Um, but I just don't know that that was the toughest field either. So, I am surprised to see him up at five to one, but I don't know that I'm going with quick tempo. So it would be nine, mm, be one nine four and two probably. Well, not in that order, but those would be the 2.
1: two one two four nine in the first race. Yeah. The next race, by the way, get to use a drinking word here: crapshoot. Yes. <laughs> is that what it is? Welcome into race two, crapshoot. Oh yeah, shoot. that
2: is that. That's a, a drinking rule as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, that's a, a very tough one. It's a, a stakes race already. So you have a lot of these horses, like we said, that won their first start recently. Yeah. And so going first time versus winners can also be a tough thing for horses to do. I like to sometimes look for horses that graduated from either maiden claiming, maiden special weight, and then faced horses. And I mean, on today, you see allowance levels or claiming levels, um, and maybe they didn't win that second time out, but they got that experience. I, I feel like oftentimes we see those horses do well. So, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think there's a number that you can go towards. However, the 6 Joy's rocket makes a lot of sense and has a bit of class, too. So, uh, that horse ran against Day Out of the Office so, and Vecquist. So, if you like those two horses that we talked about earlier coming up in some of the Breeders' Cup races, you have to like the 6 Joy's rocket. So, if
0: you wanted to play maybe a daily double, early daily double?
2: Yeah, I guess you could, yeah.
0: Okay. I mean,
2: I don't think that that's... A, a, it it would be tough for me to say a single in a field that's wide open like this, but I think Joyce Rocket is a pretty solid play.
0: Okay, there you go. So we'll, and we'll break down that second race. Uh, Joyce, Joyce Rocket loses to the grass is Blue in the next race.
2: I mean, yeah, I was gonna say that's the other worst. you can't forget about Chad Brown.
0: So um, this is the Nyquist. The next one is the Songbird. Uh, there you go. That uh, they're they're getting ready to uh, get uh, to approach the gate. Uh, we will not be able to do the race calls? race calls like we did at Churchill. Well,
2: the speakers are so loud, they'll probably just hear our Yeah, anyway.
0: that's probably true. <laughs> um, while we're waiting for these horses to kind of love, what, yeah. what are you all looking forward to tomorrow?
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, well, there was a scratch that was important. coma scratched out of the mile, would Yes. Right? So... Um, I think that made that race very, very interesting. I didn't want to have to pick the Coma, but it seemed like he was going to be one you had to include just because of his class. Yep. But he, I was going to just hate myself forever if I did that. Um, I think some of the sprint races are going to be really exciting. We talked about that pretty much all season long about how excited we were for the sprint horses. And unfortunately, there's not there's some in there that we wish we would have seen, like Volatile and uh, a few others who didn't make it to the Breeders' Cup. But um, yeah, I, the sprint races are going to be fantastic. And and I'm excited about seeing Monoy Girl as well. I want to let you know that Degenerate Louie is placing his bets right now as we speak, as he should be. Well, I'm trying to the figure. By I'm
0: trying to actually. I
1: got put together an early pick three here. You settle yeah. down over there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like, you Do People learn. want to hear my terrible pick three.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, so I'm going with Megan's picks first race here. One, two, four, nine. Then we're doing the old sixty-nine in race two, six-nine. And then I'm going to go three-five-six in race three with uh, with Tyshawn Pixelated Fancy Liquor.
0: Hey, I mean, t- as a strategy, Louie, talk about that the pick three, pick six. You know, a lot of people play exotics. You know. Why do you love the pick? This you specifically like the pick three, pick four, pick five.
1: I do like a pick three for sure. I think it's because of the cost, um, and that you can play them for a lot less expensive than once you get into... I mean, once you get into a pick five, game I mean, oof. It, it it can get expensive. So um, you give
2: yourself more options to. And also through the
1: day I can kind of change those that's mm-hmm. like if I lose the first leg of the pick three and it was twelve bucks, I don't feel like the world's over. Yeah.
2: But you get a lot of coverage. So like the the problem is, is is that say you want you're an exact or a trifecta player. Like if you like multiple horses, the more you put in there, the, the more it's going to cost you. Um if any one of those horses comes in, right? So I think with the attraction with a lot of these multi race wagers is that you can get in for a low minimum. So some of them are fifty cents, some are even twenty cents, but not here today. Uh, a dollar and you can give yourself a lot of coverage and, and any one of those numbers can win that race and if you get one of your numbers that wins in the first leg of the pick three you move on to the pick uh the, the, the second leg if you win that one then you go on to the last leg and if you win that you win the pick three so you have to kind of wait around for a little while but i really enjoy playing them and it gives you something to look forward to during the races as well,
0: well who do you have in the third race
1: oh sorry uh let me pull it back up i have um three five and six
0: Three, five, and six. Just
2: a few more. One more left to go as the nine versus set it in.
0: Yeah, they're, they're loading the gate right now. There's uh, so, sop a Sopas Day. $12. Um, and, um, yeah, and I actually I added the five from race one in there, and they are now okay. off, and the, fir- the day has begun. They are on the track. So, is that
1: a $15 pick three? $15 pick three oh, yeah. is what oh, yeah. I
0: did, and I thought it was worth putting the five out there. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. So I think uh, I feel pretty good that I'm going to be uh, in good a good spot after this race. Is that a,
2: is that drone or is that on a line? So it's on a line. NBC does
0: this. They actually do yeah. that at Pimlico a lot. Yeah, I know. But yeah. NBC has, knowing that they weren't going to have the people here, like really ramped up the coverage. For sure. Like something like eighty different camera angles. You can go online and you can do your own um, viewing experience. I mean, it's. It's pretty cool what NBC is trying to do to make this sport more approachable, mm-hmm. um, which is also you know what we're trying to do. We're trying to make the sport more approachable. So they are uh, they're coming down. They're coming down around the last turn right now. The uh, the six horse is right there in front. Did you had the five or the six in Me? Yeah. Now I got to go back and just double check. <laughs> I had the six. I did not have the five. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, sorry, I didn't. Highly
2: I... motivated, making a move on the outside. There it goes. goes.
0: There goes Highly Motivated. Highly Motivated is highly motivated. And Roderick actually sl- is right there as well.
2: Yeah. Um. Next to the six horse who was originally your uh, morning line favorite there with Quick Tempo. Yep.
0: Yeah. So 1 6 2 is how yep. the, uh, the first race went. The nine horse uh, did not find.
2: Ended up being 5 to 2 on on uh, Highly Motivated for Chad Brown and Javier Castellano as they get the first winner of the day. Clarvich ah, yeah. Stables, by the way, the uh, owners, they have horses time after time after time that are so good.
0: Absolutely. Including Brish the Mortar,
2: who was last year's uh, Horse of the Year, and others. Yeah, and Weird sounds happening. I, so we have that's, that's a tornado that's, siren. Is that's that that not, not us? Definitely not. as the most picturesque day here in I Kentucky think that's today. Just,
1: uh, Gabby got that enjoying a sandwich. <laughs> is that what that it is? is that's what like that sound, that not, sound not is. That's not it is, Gabby. It's like, not oh, it. sandwich.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's delightful. 162 is how it goes. Uh, the race one is unofficial. And uh, there we go. So that was the $125,000 Nyquist. Let's go ahead and
2: let's... Uh, I wanted to say, by the way, yeah. watch the, where these winners come from during the day because this is a horse highly motivated, and I mentioned the fractions. Um, they went in 21 and change, 44, 108, and 114. They finished up in just about 115. So this was a horse that came from off the pace in about the middle of the track. You want to watch where the winners are coming from, both from the pace. Are they winning from the front end? Are they coming from off the pace? And obviously, it's going to differ with each race, but sometimes you do get a little bit of track bias, and as the day starts, you're going to want to keep an eye on how it's playing.
0: And, quarter and where mile, it is,
2: too. Is it on the rail? Is it in the middle of right. the track?
0: And that—I mean—that's blistering fast, actually. Those first couple fashions. That flashes. was really fast. Yeah. Uh, so the see come from like a stalking position, I guess you would say. Right. Yeah.
2: Which highly motivated did he just sat, right. sat the trip the whole time and, and laughed as the other horses ran out in front of him and battled yeah. each other down.
0: Love it. Okay, so let's go ahead, uh, Louie, You got some? No, I, I. I. We just
1: have uh, a couple minutes here. I think we should start talking juvenile, and then. Well, I thought uh, we take a. Let's take an let's early take break, break right okay.
0: and then we'll come back and start taking the juvenile, and then we'll, and then we can uh, end the show with. Going over race two, oh so well, great. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the horse racing happy hour. Okay, we are back for the final segment on uh, on Future Star Friday at the Breeders' Cup. We are live from Keeneland. This is the horse racing happy hour on Twitter at Horse Happy Hour. That was a good clink. That was a really good. That was clink. solid. That was You're a welcome, Louis We haven't done clink. it for oh, like half two. Yeah, I like, know. So well, I guess it had
2: to be to make up for
0: that. I'm just wondering why there's still liquid in your glass actually. Because <laughs> there's uh, a fly in there. Is that what it is? Oh, yep. uh, i still drink it. Megan, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely drink <laughs> it. Louis, Megan. Yeah, oh, the, by the way. Alcohol kills it, right? By the way, so we are a,
1: a we are a weekly podcast. We come out on Thursday nights. Any uh, podcast platform that you use, find us on Twitter at horse happy hour. And uh one of the great things that's happened, Mike and I kinda of ventured off and tried this about a year ago. We met Megan in the spring and it's been a delightful threesome ever since. But uh <laughs> Speak, yeah. for, speak for yourself. Okay. Well, it's, it's good for me. Um, and as a man, that's all I care about. So, uh, the, I care about Megan. There you go. So,
2: Set up that teapot. Yeah, there it
1: is. So, we have gotten to get to know our fans all over the country. Yeah. It's yeah. Been really great. And all over the world. Well, that's also true. What's yeah. really random is that our largest markets are not in Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. They're in other parts of the country. And we actually got a text into the text line from our guy, Derek, in Southern California. There it is. He is drinking the Statesman.
2: Yeah. Uh, friend of the
1: show, Old Forester. Oh. So, uh, he is. That, by the way, that is, that is so California. It is is on a Friday. That's our guy right there. Oh, oh, that's oh, our oh, guy. That is our Derek. guy. Derek's our guy. He wanted to ask Megan. Okay. And, uh, no, no, I no, love Pratt. Derek. Will you marry me? Flavian oh. Pratt. I think Derek's actually married. Oh, Flavian right. Pratt. Is he going to have a big weekend? <sighs> I think he's got a total opportunity. To
2: I do. think he has some nice horses. I I don't think that we're seeing as strong of a California contingent as we usually yeah, do. That's the issue. I there's actually quite a few trainers, and it's great, right? I think part of that has had to um, do with with the pandemic. Like I think there's been a lot of trainers that whose horses, you know, weren't able to run in the spots they wanted them to. They were peaking at different times. They got some time off. There are some trainers and horses here at the Breeders Cup competing in the races that I would have never guessed if you told me. Right. A name. Ten trainers, five trainers, whatever that are going to be here with what horses? I wouldn't have named a lot of them that are here right. this weekend. So that's I, not to say
0: the fields aren't very solid. No, man. no, they the are very are solid. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: I just there are some horses that I mean you've got some horses that have mostly raced at like Golden Gate Fields. You know, I was going to say not to like, Matt
1: Dinnerman, but he's all excited about how many yeah. North Dakota No, saying. I
2: that's mean not there's, sure, there's sure. been a lot. So um, I don't know. I don't think that Flav is coming in with a as strong of a contingent as he usually mm-hmm. does.
0: Like
1: that's, I think that's a really fair analysis.
0: Yeah. And a Twitter poll to uh, Jack, even though you won't put it up, uh, is Would a fly in your bourbon cause you to not think? Oh, we got to put that on. Yeah, I want to know. I, <laughs> I would definitely, I would, I would get rid of the fly and drink there it. A fly. I yeah.
2: thought you were joking. No. Nope. Oh, Sam. Um, drunk fly. Now here's your clink fast. I drunk guess I'll fly. go back to drink the coffee. <laughs> this oh, my coffee's empty too. Damn.
0: All right, so we're going go to go. to water. lord, the Dallas. Diva water. The Dallas. All right. Um, this is the tenth race. This is the the star of the day, I guess. The 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 the, the, the main box. event, the Breeders Cup Juvenile, the uh, Derby points race here. We got was it? Is it? Yeah. Oh, points. Yeah. Water right? trucks are uh, Twenty. Twenty. Is that right? I thought it was fifty. Uh, f- this is the Breeders Cup Juvenile Grade One, the TVG Breeders Cup Juvenile. I guess we got to say presented by uh-huh. Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance. Grade One, two million dollars. Mono sixteenth on the dirt. And everyone's gonna be looking at Jackie's Warrior right here. Megan's gonna tell me why Jackie's Warrior is not gonna win. No,
2: yeah, I am. But I also wanted to speak on, you know, we the these names are really important. Obviously, the sponsors. Uh, I work for TVG, but um, the third Red Aftercare Alliance is something that if you enjoy horse racing, I highly encourage you to donate to. I know. Uh, these guys donated to Karma, which is the California account management retire- or retirement management accounts we did, we out should. in California, and it's uh, programs that we have all over the country. So we, as a sport, uh, as an industry, like nobody in this industry doesn't love horses. This is a hard job. You do not get a day off. It is seven days a week. It is long hours, and it's really not a lot of money for most people. So I mean, these horses are loved. They get an unbelievable amount of of care and therapy. And I encourage you to ask questions about them and not just read major headlines like any you know other kind of news but uh if you want to donate to these horses if you, if you hit a big score today maybe just send a, a couple of bucks down the line to one of these organizations and the thoroughbred after Alliance um does a great job so uh, i've ridden a lot of off-the-track thoroughbreds i compete with them in the jumpers a lot of the time and they're excellent horses and we love them so i just wanted to put that out there anyways i think that jackie's warrior is a horse you have to use i use some second i actually use sitting on go
0: there you uh, go. on top
2: for Dale Romans, who comes time after time after time with the two-year-olds, right? I mean, we've <laughs> been so unlucky in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, but I think he's got another shot here with this horse. Yes, this one run, won the Iroquois, and I actually think it's a it's a bit of the same setup. I mean, mm. there seems to be a lot of very speedy horses mm-hmm. in this group, and so I'm kind of looking towards a closer to say, all right, let them run up in front, just like we saw in race number one, by the way, uh, and and just close late. He's the son of Brody's cause, who I believe one here over this track, but I don't remember if it was the dirt surface or if it was still the poly track that they had, depending on what year it was. Anyways, um, but the Alba family stables, like they buy this type of horse. They buy the Breeders' Cup Juvenile when they go to the sales. And you see that. They had not this time. They had uh, Liam's Map and then they sold it. I forget the whole story. Anyway, sitting on go at 12 to one for a horse that comes off the pace is going to be my top pick, followed by Jackie's Warrior, who is a front running type, but will not be alone on the lead. And then the three, reinvestment risk. Is um the horse coming in from New York, who has numbers that are just as good, if not better, as some of the other horses in here, has finished behind Jackie's Warrior, um, but has also had some trouble in some of the spots too. So I think at nine to two for a Chad Brown Irad Ortiz horse, you use that one.
1: All right. So this is terrifying. Okay. Um been hanging out with Megan for a few months, and once in a while this happens. Wow. Well, uh, where we 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 completely agree. And like the notes are I i are I, literally, the I put my notes in PDF form so I could not change. <laughs> okay. and so I literally wrote this is either the type of race where you single or you spread uh-huh. right I don't think there's an in between you either think that Jackie's warrior is the top horse here
2: there's just too much speed for that to happen though
1: I said you either yeah. think that wait he's already I mean it.
2: I have to single sit and on go
1: oh no 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 okay. or you spread
2: Yeah, but I, I don't even know who, I don't even know who I would single in this room I think it is just a spread.
1: I, it's, it's Jackie's Warrior if you single, yeah, is what right, I'm saying. I but if you spread, but by the way, Jackie's Warrior, the reason you single him is because he's already won a Churchill down Saratoga, and Belmont. He's mm-hmm. won two grade ones and a grade two. Mm-hmm. He looks like a freaking four-year-old. Mm-hmm. However, if you're going to try to cash a big ticket here on a pick four, you look around. I have sitting on goal as my number two horse. He won the Iroquois, like we talked about. It was very impressive on Derby Day. I have three reinvestment risk. He would be undefeated if Jackie's, War- Jackie's Warrior didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And the 14 calibrate is a massive long shot. But was wrapped up in his last start should be incredibly fresh on the outside with fantastic housewife Ricardo Santana Jr. And his works at Keeneland have been really, really good. And so um, I- I'm going to actually try to build build a bigger ticket. Megan and I are going to go different here. I'm going to single Jackie's Warrior in the last I'm, okay, wow. I'm liking
2: so, is the, is the mile at Churchill one turn or two turns?
0: For these, it's a uh, one turn. One, one turn. Okay, that okay, okay. That's what I thought. Was. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna be betting a name in this race. You but, are. Yeah. Oh, and
2: that's the other thing too. We should mention if you guys like a name, if you have a hunch play, bet it. Yeah. Especially if you're playing the races for the first time, it's very much like the blackjack table for newbies that sit down. I mean, they <laughs> oftentimes just like sweep. So just, just
0: the, take a shot. The, uh, the Going to the horses, the horse races, going up, going to the derbies, going to the Breeders' Cups was something I did with my grandfather, Charlie, who was a car dealer. And so there's Hot Rod Charlie. There you and go. I will be uh, putting money on Hot Rod Charlie at 30 to 1. <laughs> and, um, it's the Doug
2: Neil. why not us? It
0: is. That's right. Why not us? We get the money. We get the money. But yeah. We get the money. That is about as sentimental wow. of a play as I could actually come That's up it, with man. is that there's Hot Rod Charlie. That's it. And uh, shout out to my grandfather, Charlie in heaven, who would love to know that I'm doing this kind of stuff. He would be telling everybody that would listen to him, and he knew like everyone in Louisville that, hey, you need to listen to the Hoyle Streets and Happy Hour on the ESPN 680, so, uh, which has been great. So, uh, yeah, I'm I, I, I I'm really interested to see Jacks Warrior. And the reason why is just because I think that horse physically – looks so amazing
2: look at you doing the like p- physical picks.
0: well i just i mean again he, proud of you it's the it's the it's the middle schooler who looks like he's 16 yeah. right yeah. he's got a full beard mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> and but we saw Sydney go. i know like mike had a full
2: beard in middle school i, so I did actually. not
0: actually no i was he didn't even have one at his wedding no the beard the beard is uh in the last five years so now i never thought i could grow one actually wow yeah uh um, solid so, but we saw gonna go at the Iroquois, and I think that that's a solid pick on on that one as well. So, Louis, you you look like you're itching to say something. No, no, I'm good. I just I just calculated how much my pick four was going to cost today. I thought it was going to be thousands of dollars. It's thirty bucks. It's pretty oh, awesome. That's not bad at all. You oh, were pretty excited. Do we want to talk about those longer uh, those longer tickets? Well, what really excites me is that Megan thinks that the pick
1: five or was it the pick six that started? No, it was pick five. The pick, pick, pick five, five starts with a single. Yeah, that's right.
2: Oh. Let's go. Do you
1: Disagree? I've never disagreed with Megan. Okay, that's good. That's not true. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's of the, the basis of the show.
2: <laughs> if you and I are on the same page, it would be boring.
1: Oh, uh, but no. That's why I actually feel really good about the last race. Is that you know I I agree that if that happens, by the way, then then it means that Dale Roman sweeps those two major two-year-old races, which would be very
0: unusual and unlikely, frankly. But um, would we put it past Dale Romans to do that? I wouldn't. Not no. Sure. That would be a huge story. So let's talk about those multi-race wagers, though. Uh, do you want to give out that pick four bet? Sure. Just early on, um, just so everyone knows, uh, just to get an
1: idea of how these things are structured for us, did the pick three early. First race, I had four horses, two horses in the second race, and then three in the last. At a 50 cent bet, that's 12 bucks. That's why right. I like to play pick three, is yeah. because you get some coverage, but they're not going to break the bank. Once in a while, by the way, you hit them, and they pay like $17. Yeah.
0: So don't, get, like, don't think that your kids are going to college. Like I,
2: I like to play the pick three. Uh, threes for, is the dollar a minimum today?
0: And the no, six pick six is a the, the pick it's six, six th- is a buck today, but the pick three's
2: here. Okay, is for yeah, so, cents today. so the, the minimum is 50 cents, so that's the lowest that you can go, but If you, your pick three, even if you play it for a dollar is probably not going to break the bank because you're not going to take that many horses. So I suggest if you are playing those pick threes, don't play the minimum, just up it a little bit more. You're just going to double whatever the cost is. So if you play a pick three and it's $12, it'll be $24. But but your, yeah, exactly. But your return would be, would be greater. So give yourself the opportunity to actually make some money if you're playing the pick threes.
1: That's right. And frankly, with this pick four. And again,
2: not a huge score, but like
1: some, some if i felt great like i i was like man uh, these are the horses that are definitely going to win a 30 pick for you play for a dollar make it 60 bucks right like do that double the double the earnings on, on jackie's warrior if he does come something like that but it also allows you to spread even further if the, the price is that low and so um Man, you know, oh man the pick five is cold <laughs> oh, so,
2: the pick five is, is excellent today so, so I, I mean it starts and what's the guarantee in the
1: pick five today? is it a million bucks today in the pick five I have to check that. Yeah, I'll have to check it. It's either half million or million bucks. All right.
0: Back, if you can look that up us, be, what is the, what are the guarantees in the pool. Pool, Oh, there'll be massive money.
2: Yeah.
0: So let's go ahead. Do you want to finish your pick four better? Do you oh, want? that was golden pal, right? We would single with golden pal
1: to start the pick five, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's the thing. So my, my pick four actually starts in race seven. Um, but I don't know how much we, we want to go into this. Cause Megan and I actually kind of disagree on a bunch of these races. So, um, <laughs> I want to make sure that people at least understand that part. Um, For me in race seven, I had five horses. I think Megan was significantly shorter than that. And so I had uh the one, four, six, seven, eleven in the first race, so five horses. One, four, six, seven, eleven.
2: I had twelve, one, six, nine. Okay. I think. Yep. But I I agree. I think that you could you can make a case for a lot of horses in there if you want to spread. Because then I'm shortening up with And you and I both
1: agree on one and six. For sure, in that race, right? Between Seal and the top. If you wanted yes. to kind of take that bet yes. and make it a little wider. Yeah. Right. Or if you wanted to build a pick tree around that race. But the know. great
2: part about it, you just have to think about how these races, how to structure your ticket around the specific races. So wherever you think you have a really solid opinion, go with that. Right. But- so i mean i have a pretty solid opinion i think with simply ravishing so i mean you either single in there or you only go too deep it's not a big field, anyways with her and princess Yor. if you'd like to right um and then i'm gonna go a little bit longer in the turf races and then in the juvenile i'm only taking a couple so right it'll be it'll be uh, a lot of horses in the first leg shortening up a lot of horses in the middle leg and then short again so right. you should not have to break the bank with the four.
1: my sense is with how you're talking you're probably in the Forty-eight to fifty-four dollar kind of range. Yeah, that's
2: the other thing too. If there if there are a lot of if there are some favorites that are really solid favorites, they have a very good chance to win. You don't want to take six horses in there because you're gonna you're gonna spend more money than you make. You're not gonna make your money back. So when you see these ra- the, the the sequence of the races, you're like, well, there's a lot of favorites here that I think have a really good chance. You don't want to spend. Just 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 go with it. And Look, don't not take a horse because it's a favorite too.
0: We've only got a couple of minutes left on the show. Uh, and I wanna finish up by making sure we give out picture race too. Anything else on the undercard that I'm really you're really excited about? Like there's one thing that I'm really excited about on the undercard. I know Tyshon's in the undercard that some of you're excited about. I love that the fact that we have a uh race, race force called the McConnell Springs. And there's a horse in there called Amy's Challenge in the McConnell Springs. Uh coming in for Woodbine. Oh
2: no. Never mind.
0: So Amy's Challenge has no shot with picture side. Amy's Challenge has no shot Got it. because uh <laughs> Well, that's a political joke. That is a political mm. joke, yes. <laughs> um, so any, anything else that you're excited about for the undercard, Louie? And then we'll go with race two.
1: Undercard not especially. I do think there's um, an interesting opportunity in race five with a bunch of horses that people probably have heard of between Farmington Road and Tenfold and Signalman and
0: Nirenake. Um, can and, I
2: give an for uh, the undercard? Because I, I, I don't know why Royal Charlotte can. is six to one.
0: Okay, and that's in race four. Is that correct? Yeah. Chad
2: Brown, Javier Castellano. I mean, I know that she's been, she's had some spots where she hasn't um, won, right? We we talked about this on the show. She was set five for seven in 2019. She is 0 for four here, but she does have a couple of good second and third place efforts. But this is a horse that's been in graded stake after graded stake after graded stake, and she's been facing some very good company. I don't think that this is a very tough, uh, there's not a lot of horses in here that have the same form as she does. So I think Royal Charlotte gets in a much softer spot here and we see chad brown do this we see him bring horses back after a layoff in a soft spot monmouth right and then they improve or he steps them up the next time out belmont fine it was the third behind frank's Rocket, who's in the breeders cup sprint question mark right um so royal charlotte at six to one if that price stays anywhere near there you hammer on that horse
0: okay Great i think know. all right Blue, you race five you we
1: were talking about no, just the, the, just how wide open it feels to me. There's um, a lot of
0: familiar names Yeah, there, a lot yeah. of familiar names. A couple of Horses right. that you know, ran the Derby. Puska
1: Parfaits in that race. Yeah, yeah I mean, Dak Jandals in that race. But,
0: yeah. Dak Jandals coming off a massive...
2: I like rocketry outing. in
0: there. Rocketry in that race. Amazing. At 12, 12 to
2: 1. There you go. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so we got about five minutes left to talk about this race number two. And uh, and, we'll, and we'll end the show with that. And then we'll be back here tomorrow. The first race in happy hour returns to Keeneland for Championship Saturday. And by the way, just the to, Cup. just to fully tease, I will put
1: out that pick for on Twitter, on our at Horse Happy today. At Horse Happy we'll put mine up, we'll put Megan's
0: up, we'll see where it is. There you go. All right. Bet them both. All right. <laughs> uh, race two is the Songbird. It's another $125,000 listen stakes race for Phillies who are two years old. Uh, these are, again, just like the Nyquist was, the boys who basically just missed out on the, uh, on the Breeders' Cup. These are the, the two-year-old Phillies. So uh, who do we like here? Louis. So earlier we talked about Joy's Rocket,
1: who is the six horse here, and then we also talked, who's by the way, his price is super long now. To win. Yeah, what? Amazing. I mean that's an unbelievable number. So there's your green, I mean, there's your across the board bet right on the six. Um, but the nine, the grass is blue here with Ired Ortiz uh, in the mount here. Chad Brown is breaking the horse in two for two lifetime, coming off a win actually here at the distance, and so um, hoping that form will stick here. I do have six and nine in my uh pick three here so i'm really hoping for that there are other horses here though that have um have experience at the distance or are very close to it who have um so far-sighted for example the 11 is coming out of the win actually in a main special here at Keeneland. so on this course at this distance um, i against lesser competition obviously but um if the horse is able to continue to improve george Arnold the trainer there then maybe the 11 is a play for you here uh the betting public keeping that horse right at the morning line number five to one currently um, i don't know that there's another portion here that really stood out to me as oh my goodness i really have to jump on that but
2: um uh, yeah I'm, a, I'm on joy's rocket for that just the more that price is incredible you look at this i mean yeah i just huh. I, I i can't i can't find anybody here either I, I like the nine uh the grass and blue who needs a little bit of a pace. setup came from off of it last time and, and didn't have uh, the best start it was right here at Keeneland. it was a pretty tough level Allowance option claiming. They protected the horse, so it couldn't be claimed that day. Still graduated from a maiden claiming event, obviously not trained by Chad Brown at the time, at Monmouth. And I don't know. I don't think the numbers are too far ahead of Joy's Rocket, who has experience in stakes. And just, again, the who did they beat angle, this is a horse that finished behind, day out of the office, and Beckless, who are two of the juvenile fillies.
0: And Megan, they're on the track now, too. So you get a first-hand... Look, in uh, George Rocket. And one
2: more thing, too, yeah. with George Rocket, who's coming out now. But this is a horse, who, If you look at the running lines, showed a lot of early speed and didn't have enough to finish. And I think was wrapped up as well by Jose Ortiz that day. So that tells me this is a horse that was able to run the beginning part of that race very, very well. Guess what? We're cutting back in distance from a mile to a sprint. Yep. This is very much within this Phillies wheelhouse. Yep.
0: And so how does she look on the track to you?
2: Uh, she looks good. She's showing good energy. She's on her toes, so she's kind of uh, oh, yeah. doing like a light jog people you overuse that term a lot, so don't place too much on that, because there's, let's see, one, two, three, four horses now she stop jogging that ha- are doing that. That doesn't mean a horse is going to win right away. What the difference is is seeing a horse that is focused um, and is on their toes. If you want if you see a horse that's kind of prancing like that, kind of jogging like that, and they are very sweaty or they're shying away from the pony, that's a negative. You know, So he ate a little bit. I don't think looks as good on the toes as I thought the six did. Um, so just be careful when you use that. I did think that the two horse um off we go who i did not pick out on the form and sometimes this happens too i thought physically looks freaking fantastic and this is a horse who's been improving with each and every start and last time was able to take advantage of a hot pace and with tyler Gaplione on the irons she's not on a board a board today but this is one at what is she oh she went down to four to one so 10 to one to four to one that's what i mean about watching how the market moves but I, i would absolutely say that she Physically looks very. good. The nine
0: good. actually doesn't look good to me. If I'm using, am I, am I off on that? I mean, the nine does not look as good as I would expect. I,
2: th- I think the nine looks fine. It's certainly a well-conditioned horse. Chad Brown isn't going to bring anything here that's you know doesn't look good. Not on Breeders' Cup Day. Um, I just prefer the look of of the six and even the two. Who again? That that's the tough thing about though uh, the visual handicapping is that sometimes it throws you off your original your your first instinct right so if i have my picks and i i go off of whatever it is because i think the horse looks good it doesn't always come to fruition but it's the same thing too you could be handicapping and and take a second pass at it the next day and then you change your mind so you just kind of have to stick with your guns
1: box up that exacto two six nine six bucks for a dollar.
0: i was actually just doing the two and the six but i guess you're right i probably feel (laughs) stupid if i put the nine in there uh there, there you go there you go six buck bet Two, six, nine exact box. Frankly, the pay might
1: be better just to keep the six itself across the board. I
0: did that as well. Put $5 across the board on the six. So that's that's what I've got on this race. Take, uh, take a
2: shot with a straight win bet, too. If you guys are, if you right. like a horse, you know, place $5 to win. Pla- place $10 to win. You might get lucky with it, and you're going to get a pretty good return uh, when you up that minimum.
0: All right. Well, our Friday is over. It oh, a, man. It's time for us to pay the tab and get out of here. Uh, big shout out to Crean, who was awesome for us back nice. in the studio. And uh, we'll be back here again tomorrow, 10 to noon on ESPN Mobile. You can find us on iHeart, and we'll put the show replays up on our podcast site as well. So thank you very much, and we'll see you tomorrow here from the Breeders' Cup.